or you can do a whole year if you want to give somebody a year you get a whole year with a month off it's 22 dollars for the whole year <laughs> you get all the behind the scenes stuff so all the ad free episodes and all that kind of crack so yeah the london show will be on patreon thank you so much for listening in 2021 i love you guys i'm hoping to produce an awful lot more content in 2022 we do still have project Bluebeam. we do still have an episode on dean carl we do still have an episode on gypsy rose blanchard and we do have some more deep dives like mystery of the pyramids and the barry seal and the cia episode which are already recorded i'm also in the in the midst of fighting with my internet provider to give me fast internet so i can upload these fucking ginormous videos and that should be fixed on the 20th of december please god please god cross my heart no to die uh that means i can just start uploading a bunch of videos you can see them in the patreon as well they'll be uploaded to vimeo so look at it's all good news it's a great season it's a great time to be alive and i wish you the very best for the holidays uh you should get a project bluebeam episode next week but in case i don't see you before the christmas time have a lovely christmas i love you very much thank you so much for listening to the show and enjoy this live one This is Jim Bowen here to welcome my very good friend onto the stage. Stay out of the black and into the red. Nothing in this game for two in a bed. Please clap your hands for Gordo for those conspiracy guys. Hey. Hey. That's the crack. Oh. I might fall down those steps at some stage. I can feel it. Getting my... Uh, Getting my exercise in. How are you all getting on? Hey, hey you're all way. That's a weird. Going to the doctors. How are you feeling? Way. Uh, you're all so beautiful. Look at you all. This is well done to let the seating lads putting the best looking people at the front. Fair play. Thank you. Uh, I got them to put in extra lights so that I can see as their faces to see how, I don't know, what level of guilt or shame is going to be on you. <laughs> as the night progresses, you're like, ha ah, ha ha. 40 minutes later, you're like, <laughs> um, I, I had a show in, in, in London on Sunday night. Boo, Boo London! <laughs> Fucking Southerners! <laughs> Shove it up your ass! Uh, yeah, there you go. Every time I say arse, your man's triggered. Went to old hypno hypnotist show about five months ago, and every time I say arse, I go, hey! <laughs> Trigger word, wait till you see, arse. <laughs> see, there you go. Works every time. Um, yeah, so it's fantastic to be here. I was in a show in London and everybody got so scuttered. Uh, they were falling off their chairs and rolling around and spilling their drinks and everything uh, by the time the end of the show came. So you're more than welcome to do that. That's the level we're at, okay? That's the, <laughs> that's the standard. I mean, let's, let's get into, into you guys. You mostly know who I am. Who is here who was brought by a loved one that has... Wait a minute now. <laughs> Everyone's like, me, I have someone who loves me. We had the stipulation for the question. Uh, who was brought by a loved one who doesn't necessarily listen to the show? Like, you're, you're, you've been dragged along to appease uh, a sexual partner or a potential, <laughs> potential sexual partner. <laughs> I said sexual partner, and the lads were like, oh, well. <laughs> Maybe. 
Uh, you, sir, put your hands straight up. Yeah. Have you been dragged along? Here for the ride. <laughs> well, if you stay around at the end of the night, you might get it. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, yeah, so, uh, I, I get ahead of myself. So, this. <laughs> he just reminded me, and he's like, I'm here for the ride. In front row for a bit of leg room. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand the microphone out to everybody. So, I mean, uh, you can hand it out amongst yourselves. So, if ever anyone wants to talk, you just kind of democratize it around. I really don't want to be getting up and down this because my hammies aren't the best. And. Um, uh, it's going to be recorded, so I want everybody to, you know, not, no pressure. Uh, I want everybody to be involved, but I also want everyone to hear everybody else. And it's a nice little space, and we're all cool, and everyone's sound, and there's no... Any Jews in? Any Jews? The Jews? Any Jews? <laughs> we're grand. We're grand. Um, we, you, you wouldn't admit it. Foreskin's out. Let me check. Here we go. That's the easiest way. I wonder why they do that. Why would they do that? It was the easiest way to check. Um, so... It is, that's the thing. And uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna hand the microphone out. So you can give it a wipe if you like. I don't know, it won't be moist, um, <laughs> hopefully. And uh, the show's gonna go on for about an hour. Uh, exits are here and here and there uh, for fire. And uh, at nine o'clock, we're gonna have a little break so you can do a wee wee and get a drinky poo and come back here. And uh, we continue on to about 10, half 10. What happened? What happened in other shows? I was fucking giving it all this and people had to leave. And they were all like, thanks, 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 and going. And I was like, oh, no, I want you, you know. So I don't want anyone to miss their train, but I also don't want you to miss the crack. I'm going to have a bit of chat with ye, and then I'm going to have a little presentation about the end of the world, and, uh, you know, light comedy shit. And, um, hey, Armageddon. And, uh, <laughs> eugenics. Like, it's all, oh, you know, hyped up, uh, happy stuff. And uh, then I want to open up the, the floor to you guys to ask me questions and we just have the chats and just generally get access to me in real life, which feels like the smiles are coming on and they're like, yeah, give me that access. It's what we paid for. Get them get get out for the lads. Uh, so, sir, what is your name into the microphone and uh, why, wh how long have you waited to come and see me live? Uh, well... Emma showed me you a little while ago. I've watched, a I've seen a few of them. Yeah, yeah, not seen them. I've watched, yeah, three Have you listened to them while falling asleep? Because that's a common thing where you're like, yeah, I have to suffer through you as I fall asleep because my partner wants to listen to it. I, I would, I like my conspiracy theories, but then my girlfriend binged it, binged your stuff for about six months, and now she's a conspiracy theorist out of the two of us. Right, so you started, you were just, it's like in the Requiem for a Dream or whatever, where your man starts selling heroin, and then he starts doing a little bit, and then all of a sudden your one is in a bath full of KY jelly, arse to arse with a double-ended dildo with somebody going like, ass to ass, with a torch yep. or something like, that's how it goes, metaphorically, yeah. I just check my pants, and I like, wait a minute, hold on. Uh, so yeah, ass to ass, so you're, you're deep now into it. What's your name, sir? My name's Holly. Holly. Harley. Yep. Har like the like the motorbike. Not the motorbike. I get that every time. Looking for the ride. <laughs> is that who you got, or it was just like, hey, my name is Harley. You want to ride your life? <laughs> Throw your legs over this. I'll vibrate you to pleasure. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh, what? And your name, madam? Emma. <laughs> you jammed that in her mouth. No, 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 no,
Oh God! Uh, four years. Four, oh God! Four oh, years. God. Oh God! That's <laughs> the best man's speech, and she said, "Oh God!" <laughs> it must be four years. Uh, and how long you listen to the show? What's your favorite? What's uh, your favorite Holocaust denial or something like that? Found you during COVID, so oh, right, it was cool. deep shit anyway. Right. <laughs> um, so you're relatively new. You got to go. Relatively back new, okay, but cool. I started on Boston bombings, and then it's a great place to start. Rose tinted glasses, bright. <laughs> The, the old the old man that trolls the fucking thing <laughs> yeah. wasn't me um so yeah thanks so you, you've suffered through thanks very much for coming who else got got dragged along here hands up this this man here this uh gq looking motherfucker it's just like we're in a we're in a colin farrell hat magnificent bit fucking chris hemsworth looking cunt <laughs> Not bitter. I wear black for a reason. It's just like it hides all the stuff. I, I look like this, but think I look like that. And then I see that and I'm like, I'm not that. Fucking raging. Go ahead anyway, you good looking bastard. What's your name? Luke. Good man, Luke. I love Luke. Go on, Luke. You were dragged here by a friend? Yeah, again, not dragged. No, uh, I was really excited when he told me about it. But um, you were just in it for the ride. Yeah, just, I'm here for the ride. And um, my name's Charlie. Brum <laughs> <laughs> brum. But I'm ashamed to say I've not really watched or listened to any of. That's the okay. I'll, we'll be straight in, no kissing in a few minutes. Then, uh, <laughs> you get the you get the general feel for the yeah. whole thing. You know, when the flag comes down and it has the eagle with the thing, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Be like in, be like in fucking, uh, what's the called? Uh, this is England or something. It's like, oh, all right, you guys, English for the English. We just we start that kind of thing. It'd be great. Um, that's not what's going to happen. I'm only joking. Jesus, this side, this side just went. Oh no, <laughs> I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, and uh, so, you've, are you into conspiracy theories at all? Are you feeling the conspiracy vibe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I was delving pretty deep um, a couple of years ago, but then I sort of sidelined it a little bit and concentrated on heavy things. A little bit, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'd Ways on your mind. So, like, I mean, a lot of people got switched over with the whole uh, coronavirus thing and, um, yeah, the, what, <laughs> plandemic, he whispers. Copyright some kind on the internet. I don't know who says that, plandemic. <laughs> but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people got kind of like, they were sitting around for two weeks and then they were sitting around for another two weeks and then they were sitting around for another two weeks and then after about six more weeks, they went, come here, there's something not right about this. And uh, they started looking stuff up. So uh, did you go deep at that? And what's your favourite deep dive? Fuck it, hell. You're right. <laughs> yeah, that was your outside voice you used there, boss. <laughs> it's just like, fucking hell. <laughs> Let these paddies over here and they start asking us questions. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm, I'm battling a case of Greg's belly at the moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Those, that meat pasty is really doing a job. It's like a like a northern terrorist in my colon, just kicking, <laughs> fucking, kicking shit around. Uh, fucking hell, what what was that for? You're obviously not a fan. Are you a fan, or have you just been dragged along as well? I'm a fan so far. Oh, you're a fan so far. <laughs> You've never seen me before. Or heard me. So. Cool, cool. So you're fresh green. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I can hear it. That's why I said it. I, f I think the weird thing is yeah. that all the people that have listened to you for a long time feel like they know you. 
That's the thing. Even though like, I've heard so many hours of your voice uh. coming in my ear hole, it's like... <laughs> Charlie yeah, FM. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I've seen you before. I was like, Gordo! And you, it looks like, all right, mate. It's, it's a real weird thing. It's it is. It, it's so weird. It's what I would because... imagine being on OnlyFans would feel like. Yeah. Or something like that, where, like, do you know what I mean? Like, hello, yeah. I've seen the inside of your arsehole. <laughs> and you're like, have you? I haven't even seen that. <laughs> Get a, lo- a mirror with a long handle or something. Like that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's weird. To f- I mean, a lot. Of, it takes a few minutes for people to match the voice with the face and body that I have. It's kind of like, oh, a little bit. Sometimes a small bit disappointing, and sometimes <laughs> even a little bit surprising. Uh, but yeah, so w- welcome. Uh, who else got dragged along, or who else? Who who came from the furthest? Oh, here we go. Dragged along, sir. Hi. For the ride. Um, yeah, my wife. Um I don't know. We were talking about the... <laughs> is she your wife or not? Like, yeah, no, she is. What she we, is is it wife. your wife? Are we sure of that first? My wife, this woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, we came no. in the same car, so... We'd, we'd, she must be something to me. <laughs> we'd, we'd been talking about conspiracy stuff. I'd, I'd, the first time I met you was outside the door. Um, I remember it well. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> like um, 19 minutes ago. <laughs> we go way back. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with all the, you know... 5G and COVID stuff, we'd been talking about the like psychology of conspiracy theories, like what drags people into them and stuff. And then yeah, drugs usually, hash. Yeah. <laughs> weed. <laughs> and then, you know. Spare time and weed is really the, <laughs> the gateway drugs for conspiracy theories, to be honest. That and anti Semitism, apparently, I don't know. It's the trifecta of fucking conspiracy success. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, was, that was basically it. She said, you want Rolling to come along down soon? the street. <laughs> talking about killing the Jews. <laughs> Lay back. <laughs> With my mind on my Torah, on my Torah, on my mind. <laughs> it is the, tri- the triplicate. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you've been talking about COVID. You've been kind of going, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And then you went on the internet, and it was like the the, the computer wore tennis shoes or something. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, and it's, I, don't, I don't know. It's a it's very rare 1980s movie reference there for those who don't know. Kurt Russell, I think, as a teenager. Um, so, yeah, and it was, you know, it's just something that interests us both. So, she so knew you're I, here tonight. She knew I wouldn't tell her to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. I am your wife. Because she's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Again. What's your, what's, your, what's your first name? Uh, Rob. Again, Rob, I am your wife. <laughs> Imagine, that's all good. Is he got? Is he got like some kind of? Is it a? <laughs> Apparently, um, I don't. This I, is I the didn't want to presume. It's just this is the the first time I've had to remind him <laughs> you get a ba- publicly. You get a bang on the head. Uh, <laughs> uh, fucking hell. We have, so got f- we have got a 5G mask near our house. So that could be the reason. Yeah. That could be the reason. And the hair loss as well. That's the thing. You see, it happens. It's run off his head, gone down his back. Um, who else we got? So this side of the room has been awful quiet and good looking. Um, <laughs> who, who's been dragged along here by a, by a loved one in promises of sex later on? Oh, hey! There's a, ho- uh, there's a hopeful man. And he put it here to just shoot a scene. We're like this. I wasn't going to do anything until you said that. I love it. Go ahead, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Hopeful uh, man. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything until you said that. I thought I'd try oh, to yeah. <laughs> I'm staking my claim right now. <laughs> I'm not doing this for nothing. Uh, what's your name? Uh, my name's Sam. 
Sam, good man, Sam. And how long have you uh, been not listening to my show? Long time. A long time. Yeah. And 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 your your lady. Yeah, I would. I listened like for the past four years. Four years. <laughs> oh, that's. Are we were getting a round of applause for that. Wow, Jesus, that's weird. Four years is a long time. And how long have you been going out with Sam? Um, three. Three years. Yeah. And so so you she was already in when you met her. Is that, has, <laughs> have you talked about conspiracy theories together? Is it pillow she talk? It, is it played it down for a long time yeah. and then it came from nowhere, really. It came from nowhere. She kept it a secret. Yeah, And yeah. then all of a sudden she was like, oh yeah, take my Twin Towers down. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. 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 She's like, let's go upstairs. I've got some black ops plans. Like something like that. <laughs> <laughs> something yeah. like that. Nice, nice. And uh, you, you ever do, you ever like, do you get into it with her or are you kind of poo-pooing this? Is it a little bit like... Didn't know this was a road we were going down. You know? I'm just saying, like, is this... <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't agree to this. I didn't agree. <laughs> Too far. Um, are you, is, it, is it something like, is it something that you're... Are you apparent to conspiracy theories? Are you on board or... Yeah, you don't like me talk like, I go too deep, don't I? Yeah, Conspiracy <laughs> theories bringing people together. I love it. Go too deep. Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. One knuckle, two knuckles. Work it in. Um, uh, yeah. So, so, so. Sorry, I don't want. Like, we're how long? We're 16 minutes in and we're talking about pegging already. I don't know what the fuck is going on here. Uh, so, like, are you into conspiracies or is it just something you tolerate because she's very attractive or what is it? I, I, I'm very, like, open to it. Yeah. You're very open to it? He yeah, is, yeah. like, more now since... He the is microphone I'm in. <laughs> don't be... <laughs> he is more now since I've, like, opened you up to more stuff, aren't you? <laughs> conspiracies. I'm going to edit this really, really appropriately. Don't worry. You know what are you doing here? <laughs> me and my sister as well um, during lockdown because I introduced her to your show as well All we, right. we actually made our own little rubbish conspiracy podcast fantastic well. what's it called give it a plug um, Planet Sisters Planet Sisters it's terrible but it's funny subscribe everybody. <laughs> it, it's on Spotify it's on Spotify it's, it's on Spotify it's on Spotify <laughs> that's his ad revenue and uh, uh, oh, Jesus Christ I know you came off the fucking stage there and um so what, what what was your favorite conspiracy theory with your sister? Um, we did, so we did like fun ones like Atlantis and things. Yeah. Um, no and then we did some or... like Jeffrey Dahmer ones as well. Yeah. I Jeffrey probably... Dahmer's great. Jeffrey Dahmer's a he's a real go getter. That guy. <laughs> it's like how can I have all the fun of the sex but none of the chat? <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, I mean, pre-Tinder, that's the crack. Um, Pre-Bumble, I don't know what the kids use nowadays. And uh, Sam, if you had to pick one conspiracy, theorist, uh, one conspiracy theory that you uh, subscribe to. I subscribe to. What would you think would be real or what's poppycock? I, I like your whole... Thanks very much. He's <laughs> <laughs> full of compliments, this lad. Thank you. So that, yeah, basically. Was it? <laughs> I just wanted to poke the Jew bear again. <laughs> poke the Jew bear, okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like the whole. I, I I must admit, I'm. I just listen to what Sarah says sometimes, and uh, I just roll with that. 
you better, you'd be better off, I'd say, in the long run, to be honest, man. <laughs> That's just good advice in general, conspiracy theories or not. So who, who has uh, listened to it the longest, do you think? Who have we got? What have we got? We got four years over here, four years. Hands up, hands up for longer than four years. 2016 is five years ago. Yeah, I do your own maths for you, 2016. <laughs> five years, any longer than five years. Five years, we got five years. Any longer than five years, five years, we got five years. Sold to that man for five years. I haven't reached, I haven't, well done, sir. Well done to you. I haven't reached, uh, can we pass up the mic then, Sam? Thank you very much. Um, I haven't uh, reached Manchester full saturation just yet. Uh, obviously, if we've only got 2016. Uh, what was your first par par parlay into the conspiracy guys? I've been paranoid for a long time. Okay. <laughs> That's good. It's a good answer. It's good. We, we, all, we all know. And, uh, and that's why we're here tonight. Do you want to come up? No, I'm only <laughs> This is an intervention. Where did How you park you your car? What's crack? How's it going, folks? Just welcoming. I told you. Welcome people. In. Yeah. It's just two large men in black suits. They're just, they just came in and... Uh, yeah. Never mind about the red lasers around. It's fine. It's totally fine. Uh, what was your what was your first what was the thing that made you click on it like did you went ooh we uh, into conspiracy theories a long time into conspiracy theories for a long time mm -hmm. yeah uh, as soon as you said those conspiracy guys I'm like yeah I could probably fit in with that Feeling crowd it. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and 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 what, what what are we talking about like aliens we're we talking about ancient civilizations we're we talking about oligarchy government control are we talking about oh you know more like what's going on uh, in oligarchical uh, government control so the yeah. world is under yeah. The lizard people, the fucking interdimensional lizard, baby blood drinking, paedophile ghosts. Maybe in my farthest reaches of paranoia, yeah, but there yeah. could be like uh, uh, something a little less than that, you know? Maybe yeah. there's something there's, a little less than that. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite there. Just Corruption to its furthest extreme, I would say. Yeah, it's kind of like ha uh, Hanlon's razor, you know, like the don't ascribe to malice what can be explained with um, stupidity or negligence, I guess. Like there's a, a system of fools in charge. But then you kind of have to think like, how many times can fools be so evil and accurately, you know, accurately Should we count evil, you know? How many? <laughs> um, so uh, like tonight I want to, thanks very much. What was your name again? Ben. Good man, Ben. Round of applause for Ben there. And Sam. And, I'm sorry, Harley and uh, Luke, good looking Luke, and the man behind, and Rob, good man. Round of applause for all those, thank you very much. So yeah, it's just to kind of get a feel for the room, who wants to talk, who doesn't want to talk, like feel free, we're going to open it up to questions, and I'm going to be asking about like, yeah, thanks Sam, yeah, you're well, you, yeah, you're, you're a good man, you're a good man, thanks very much. Just wanted to feel like, who, you know, who's up for talking and wants to crack, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, a book that I found that seems to have answered a lot of the questions that I have been asking on the show, if you've been listening for a really long time, to find out who the day is. Who is the day and why are they doing the thing that they do? And, you know, I've puzzled over for a long time. Um, anybody, anybody got any suggestions as to who the day are? Who, who, who might the day be? Shout them out. Rothschilds, Roth okay, they're a common, common contender. Black nobility. Black nobility, yeah, yeah. You wanna elaborate on that or you just wanna leave it hang there? <laughs> Leave it hang there, yeah. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> the, the the ancient families, the the, the Medici's and these kind of guys. These uh, four, I think, fourteen uh, ancient oligarchical families that then uh, uh, their their genealogy come down into families like uh, Rockefeller, Rothschild, and stuff like that. But they're from uh, old ancient Italian descent. Correct? Cool. So episode coming on that. Um, anybody else? Ben Ivory. 
Brunei Brits, yeah, they're the top level of the Freemasonry uh, Freemasonry organization, let's say, like above the 33 levels, and they're exclusively Jewish. And uh, I mean, are, are the Freemasons not just workmen who want to just get like good lads to do work well? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, Brunei Brit. You're on, you're on a list now, by the way, I think, uh, after <laughs> it goes out on the internet. Uh, anybody else? Any, any suggestions as to who? Clintons, Tavistock, uh, any, any Bill Gates? Do you think, is it, is it realistic that there's like a, a, a bunch of people? Kennedy. The Kennedys? Huh? Kennedys don't have enough power. Yeah, I mean, he can barely fucking keep a Twitter account alive at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> never, mind, never mind the political career. But yeah, so um, in this book, right, it's called The Fourth Turning. And I'll talk about this about a half an hour in a bit, and then we can go do a wee wee. The Fourth Turning is awesome uh, when it comes to the explanations of, I think you've heard of me talk about, like, the cycles of humanity, the cycles of history. And over the last couple of years, for those who've been listening for five years or more, um, back in the day, you know, you're fucking just punting out a bit of crack, a few dick jokes and stuff like that. And in the last few years, I kind of, like, I went back to college in 2017 and started getting a little bit more academic about it. And I found there's a lot more information than just, like, internet lore. And it happened at the same time that uh, when I was trying to netnographically glean all this information from the internet, it was also disappearing faster than I could fucking, you know, research it and put it into podcasts. YouTube was getting destroyed, uh, all these documentaries were getting removed or blacklisted, and there was no, I guess there was no platforms that were coming in to fill in that vacuum of information uh, in that field, right? So all of these websites that I had as bookmarks and shit, I'd be going back to look at them, and it's like 404, you know? Who's, who's deleting that stuff? Why is that stuff not there anymore? And I started saving it all to this app that I have, and it saves all the websites. So I have all that stuff. I have all these documentaries all downloaded. But I found that going into scientific journals, going into like Shibboleth and all of this stuff, uh, and JSTOR, to find these like books, to find these proper like uh, researched historical archives, gave a much more definite outline of what's actually happening. And as I went along, you found out the shows are getting not longer, but denser. There's a lot more information. It's a le not less like stories about me sticking my arsehole to the sitting room window when I was six and then getting caught by my granny and then being like, you know, really ashamed of it. And then going, I don't know, it looks like a clown kissed the window. And <laughs> it's like, how do I get that arse grease? And, you know, like fun story, but not really when you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, genocide or whatever. Uh, it'll just slot into an episode real handy. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of more uh, historically based, uh, looking at stuff from a historical point of view. So I tried to find these like uh, cycles of like 30 years we talked in the culture. About She's rubbing her head already. She's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> this is just, where are the dick jokes? Like this is, oh, I just came from a day of work and this fucking bullshit. Money oh. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't yet. Money wasn't. Um, but don't do it anyway. Uh, no, I'm only messing and, uh, but seriously. And <laughs> so, so like, uh, we talked in the Culture of Marxism episode, and for the whole of 2017, I fucking, everything was like, yeah, in Atlantis, you know, they, they had this thing, and it was living underwater, but the liberals, wait till I tell you, like, everything fucking went off to this liberal agenda, and everything you watch, and now Netflix has all this fucking mad shit on it, like, and cuties, you hear about that shit? Like, cuties, like, little... Like Muslim girls twerking in a twerking competition when they're 11, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like, right? I had to really extricate myself from that. I had to really, like, wash it out of my head. 
brainwashing, as, as it will be, but in the, in the good sense. And try and get that kind of narrative. When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. You know what I'm saying? So it's trying to get away from that, like, the lack of enjoyment from watching something. Or you'd watch a movie, and you get, uh, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, and then somebody, for, for no reason, just goes, okay, we've got to save the president. By the way, I'm a lesbian. Let's go! Like, and you're like, what the fuck? Why is that in the thing? I don't know, will licking a moist vagina help to save the president's life? Like, the guy is like, okay, we're going to kill the president, okay? Lick my vagina! Like, it's not... Like, it's not... It's not... How is that going to... There's no need for it, uh, and yet they feel you need to do that, right? So it's, it's odd. Uh, excuse me. And... Um, so it's just, it's just like, uh, I had to fucking pull away from that because I, was I wasn't able to enjoy anything, really. You're watching stuff and you're like, ah, you can fucking see it. Do you guys feel that? You're watching stuff and you're like, ah. Yeah? yeah. So, oh. <laughs> this man shouting. Now remember, there's about 100 people behind you as well, so don't get carried away in the front row, but go on. What were you saying? It's just uh, identity socialism, isn't it? If you look, uh, 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 identity uh, politics. Yeah, politics, yeah. yeah. The Dinesh D'Souza does a good book on it, United States of Socialism, yes. and it tracks it, and it, it's a perfect explanation of what's yeah. happening in disturbed uh, the societal norms by the minority groups having too much of a say makes your average man feel like he's under attack all the time, and then it disturbs uh, uh, society. Uh, uh, Extrapolated over the yeah, full yeah, population, yeah, yeah, yes. Exactly, and uh, I, I think Dinesh D'Souza has never heard his name said in a Liverpool accent before. Probably not, no. And he'd be, he'd be <laughs> fucking delighted. <laughs> Dinesh D'Souza. It's very hard. There's a lot of S sounds in there, all right? Um, yeah, Dinesh D'Souza has a, has a, a documentary as well. Uh, uh, Hillary's America, or there's a couple of them. The one, what's the one where the, the KKK used to recruit? Uh, um, de the death of birth of a nation. Yeah, that's it. So he has yeah. one, a death of a nation, and it's basically about like you know, uh, this type of thing where um, common culture is being infiltrated by a, a small minority of people, and then you're going like, I don't want to fucking. Thanks very much. Uh, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to fucking think about that all the time. I don't want everything to be ruined by that in my own mind. And sure, why not? Do you know why not? Let's have uh, you know some people have some representation. So it just um, led me to going on to find like uh, these cycles in history. So like in the cultural Marxism episode, I was talking about the you know the second wave feminist movement in the sixties and this kind of uh, cultural pushback, the um, the throwing off of the shackles of like nineteen fifties American conservatism into like the nineteen sixties uh, traditional classic liberalism and. Uh, uh, you know, r civil rights movements and all of this kind of change in the weather of American uh, society and culture where people were like, yeah, is equality should be for everybody, right? It's kind of, you know, and also here's a song and fucking here's a flower in the end of your gun and stuff like that. And in the culture and Marxism episode and talking around that topic, we talked about how the Frankfurt School came from Europe to have a long march through the institutions and they ended up creating a bunch of professors who grew up to teach a bunch of kids, who then grew up to be a bunch of professors, who then grew up to be another bunch of professors. And in these 30-year cycles, you had people teaching other people who grew up to teach other people. And the end result is uh, a bunch of people all dressed in black fighting a bunch of people dressed in Trump paraphernalia on the streets of Berkeley, California, and you know smashing Starbucks windows and saying, uh, Antifa is the greatest thing ever. Let's tear down the system. Uh, weird, like it's a <laughs> you know, but obviously a, a somewhat planned eventuality, right? 
And I was thinking like, geez, man, it's very hard to plan that whole thing from start to finish. That, that must be some kind of natural occurrence. That must be some kind of natural, uh, like a natural process. But I have never found anything that would confirm that until now. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this book is called The Four Turning, and it's the second book in a series of three by a guy called uh, Neil Howe and a, a lad called Bill Strauss. And it was released in 1997. This is fucking a mind right? It's called The Four Turning, and basically it talks about the, psych the cycles of history. Um, so human history is in this book is broken up into what's called saculums, right? And it's not that weird stuff that comes out of your dick <laughs> that's clear, <laughs> and then you have to be careful because you get pregnant from it. Uh, this is a saculum is a, a unit of time that's usually measured uh, by the length of a human life. So around about there, thereabouts, 80 years, right? Um, it was from the Etruscans, who were from ancient Italy, and uh, originally meant the span of time from the founding of a city until the death of the last person who was in the city when it was founded. So about 80 years. And uh, the saculums are d uh <laughs> benevolently granted upon the people, uh, upon the Etruscan people by the gods, and they got 10 saculums, which is 10 lots of 80, which is... Um, like uh, five generations, basically all the way down, right? And um, the saculums are in 80-year chunks. So from now until 80 years ago is the start of, or the end of World War II. You go back again another 80 years, back again another 80 years, back again another 80 years. And I thought, there's no way that that can match, like, historically, back over the last, like, five or 600 years. And wouldn't you know it, it fucking does. And he wrote a book about it in 1997, and I was smoking hash in 1997, going, man, fucking, uh, uh, tell you, man, like, you know, every 30 years, like, you get these people come back, and, uh, what's all the fucking noises? What's going on? I've never heard those noises before. <laughs> it's the CIA logging into my computer going, shut it down, shut it down. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, I, I thought, like, man, you know the way, like, the people in the 90s, and they're all, like, free love and the free love highway, taking yokes? and fucking doing, doing pills and being all like, yeah, fucking loads of acid and all that stuff comes back and it's like in these, you know, you feel this cycles going on as you, as you grow up. Um, I mean, how, what's the average age we have in here? What, what would we say? Who's the youngest, let's say? Who, who would claim to be the youngest? Any 17 year old, 17, going 17, 18, 19. You can say a number if you feel it. Uh, anyone? Huh? 22, it was the youngest. Is <laughs> 22 is the youngest, and, and, and 19. who's 19? She waited until someone said 22 before she said 19, though. 19. <laughs> Why would you say it like that? It's like, it's like 19. It's like weird. And uh, who have we got the oldest? I don't want to out anybody or, or shame anybody. Who's the oldest? 47 is, yeah, that's up there, yeah. 47's right up there. Any older than 47? 47? Any 47? 49. Uh, you know what? This man said, 47. And the man at the back pointed and he just went, 49. <laughs> Fucking proud as punch. Love it. Just wanted to wait to see what the lay of the land was like. 49. Bingo. Um, yeah, so we have, we have 49. You'll probably be Generation X. 
And uh, 19, you'd probably be a Generation Z. You're definitely not a millennial anyway, Generation Z. So uh, in the last uh, 600 years, you had a bunch of these saculums. And within the saculums, they have them broken into turnings, right? So each turning lasts approximately 20 years, which is the length of time for a generation, right? So from this turning that we're talking about now, which Spoiler alert, is the fourth turning, it's the name of the book. Uh, you have the people like the baby boomers who were born just after the war, all the people coming home from war, delighted that their dicks weren't blown off by the Jerrys, <laughs> horsing into their missus, having 19 babies, 14 of them survive, and you can play seven-a-side soccer, it's fine, right? So all these baby boomers, they were born between 47 and 64. The next turning is 65 to 79, is Generation X, that's your MTVs. That's your, uh, you know, your, your uh, new romantics. That's your, uh, that's your Smiths there. That's your, your the, have we got anybody that identifies as Generation X? You 47 definitely do, yeah. The boys at the back are like, yeah, <laughs> and, and 49. <laughs> definitely does. Uh, yeah, so, and then we have millennials. And I mean, up until reasonably recently, millennial was kind of like an almost a shameful slur, wasn't it? You fucking millennial, look at you. Um, Anyone here, anyone here feel millennial? Yep. Yeah. yeah, hands up high, hands up high. A lot of millennials. Oh, mostly millennials. <laughs> Careful now. And uh, <laughs> so 1980 to 1996, I feel that's a little bit too, you know, millennials, one of the generations that's a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of wiggle room because a lot of us had an analog childhood and then a digital adulthood where we were up until about 10 years of age. You're like, get out of the house and come back when the lights come on. Like, and you're like, oh, I'm playing with a stick and a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're 19 and you're like, <laughs> I'm in. Like, it's like, <laughs> you, went, you, <laughs> you went from the Bronze Age to Lawnmower Man really quickly. <laughs> like, it was very... <laughs> um, so, yeah, the millennial generation kind of had a weird, like, fucked up uh, uh, dichotomy there in their, in their upbringing. And the people who were born to the later end, 1996, like, if you were born in 96, you'd be, what age would you be now? 25. So like 25, oh, go man Sam, thank you. He's out with the calculator going, go on, I got you. Go on. Um, you'd be 25 right now, like 25 seems fucking crazy young to me. Like 25, I'm 38, like 25, like 47. How, how, young, how young is 25? Really young. Uh, like, oh Christ. Is she around or? Is that around? Just for, for talk's sake. Um, so yeah, 25 seems to be a massive difference to 38, but yet we're in the same generation, you know? So 25, you're born in 96, the internet was already like pretty ubiquitous. You already had your fucking You already had that shit. And uh, you know, GeoCities and fucking MySpace wasn't too far behind, Friendster, Bebo, like that was all ahead of you in your t 9, 10, 11, 12 kind of coming of age, uh, stand by me, poking a dead body with a stick in the eyeball <laughs> kind of age. You know this, uh, when fairness and, and justice and stuff starts kicking in in your early teenage years, you had the fucking internet. When that was happening for us, we had, again, a stick and a rock. Like it was, it was a different, uh, I think that, that's the biggest split in the generation. And then Generation Z then obviously is like 19 over there with a, a shiny outlook and, and you've never been without the internet, God bless you. Uh, when people had to be at a place, when they said they were at a place, or else you're on your own for the night. <laughs> That's the fucking crack.
Um, so within, the, within each of these seculums, like I said, four turnings, average of 20 years apiece. And uh, the seculum in Howe's uh, uh, system is how these generations interact with one another, right? So you have the boomers who, have, who are the parents of Generation X. Generation X are the parents of the millennials. Millennials are parents of Generation Z. They're thereabouts. You don't have many of these people having Generation Z kids unless, you know, it's a second marriage or you pop the Johnny or something like that, right? <laughs> it's like, I, I got the fucking snip. It just didn't take. Uh, why is my child black then? This is weird. Um, uh, I, I, I came to a real weir like weird realisation. Yeah, if you need to go to the toilet and just like go, you know, it's no problem. <laughs> and sincerely, I'm not, I'm not drawing attention to that man that's leaving there with the white shoes. I'm just saying, if you need to go, like, don't hold on to me. Um, I, I came to a really weird realisation earlier on as I was researching this. Everyone remember watching that 70s show? Yes. Yeah. Remember that 70s show? Remember Eric Foreman? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> What's fucking mad to me, and I watched that in the early 2000s, Eric Foreman, nowadays, would be a baby boomer. How, uh, isn't that a mad thing, like to think like, da 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 da, hanging out, yeah, <laughs> fucking Kelso, Hyde, and Eric Foreman would all be boomers right now. Like that's the, to put in the framework of, of what we're talking about. Has that ruined that show for you now? At first I thought you were trying to say that Eric Foreman was a baby boomer. <laughs> he is a baby boomer, if he survived to, to nowadays, you know? He'd be a baby boomer. Like, that's the kind of generation you're looking at, right? So, these cycles, I, th I, thought, I thought, like, there's no way that this shit is going gonna, is gonna to fucking... Am I in the way for you guys, can you see? There's no way that this shit is going to, like, extrapolate back through time and, and this 80-year cycle is going to... But the boys wrote a book about it, so it must be true, right? So if you look at these, uh, these last four turnings, so here's where we are now, there, thereabouts. The global financial crisis, the big dip there in 2008. Not so big, not so big. Um... The last fourth turning was the 1929 uh, market crash, Black Monday. And then very soon after that, we had a whole new, uh, 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 a whole new regime after, after World War. But before the new regime, we had the worst financial crash of all time. Uh, tens of millions of people died during war. Uh, countries were destroyed and uh, yeah, millions and millions died. And then it was, yeah, a brand new dawn, which is on the horizon. The last four turning was the Civil War, Civil War times. So you're talking uh, 1860s, Abraham Lincoln, uh, a country at war, loggerheads, brother against brother. And uh, massive civil war, massive financial turmoil uh, in the Money and Gold episode in the JP Morgan one, you remember, where they had the greenbacks and all the different currencies were fighting and then they had to kind of consolidate in this boom-bust economy for the last part of the 19th century. And then in 1917, then they made the, the, um, the meeting at Jekyll Island and ended up creating the Federal Reserve to kind of balance all that stuff out, you know? Uh, so that last fourth turning was Civil War. So a fourth turning is the end of a, a set of cycles. Uh, the first turning, and then obviously second, third, and fourth. The fourth is the last in this um, uh, um, seculum, which is upheaval. Destruction, uh, end of the world shit, do you know? Kind of what we're going through right now. Uh, but after that, it's great. Like, this is all going to be very hopeful. It's kind of a bit bleak at the moment, but it's going to be hopeful. So I'm just showing you, like, these are the patterns, these 80 years going all the way back, trying to legitimize this theory for you in your own minds uh, so you know what the crack is. So the four turnings. We have the 1950s, 
This is the high. Hey, Johnny, you want a hot dog? Come here, sweetheart. Let me lay one on you. Nice gams. I just bought your house for $140, see? <laughs> Gee, honey, that turkey looks delicious. Look at our distinctly Aryan children. <laughs> and our flesh-colored crockery. <laughs> this is fucking weird, man. But this is like the fucking happy day, like, hey, right? This is fucking Greece, like, Sandy, let's have a race in our cars for pink slips. Like, this was of American boom. This is the finest time ever to be alive, apparently. The this is what they talk about the great when they say make America great again. This is the great. This is a time of unfettered financial success, right? New markets were emerging, new technologies. Uh, people were kissing really passionately in front of newly bought houses all over the country. Uh, you have your picket, white picket fence, your 2.4 kids, your dog, uh, barbecues and all sorts of plaid and um, loads of uh, industry uh, creating cars, like all of the, the, the rust belt stuff now were destroyed. That was all starting in the 1950s, making our own cars. It was becoming a consumer market. It was becoming uh, highly industrialized and highly profitable. Post-war, they'd, they'd made a bomb. And then they dropped it on Japan. No, they'd made a bomb. <laughs> and they were fucking delighted with themselves, making rakes of money. And this is the high. This is the first turning that Howe promises. He quotes it as, an upbeat era of strengthening institutions and weakening individualism, when a new civic order implants and old value regimes decay. So this is like, Anything that came pre-war, all the shit that we're talking about, all of that corruption, all of that bad juju. I said juju, like, is it not the other way? <laughs> I said, all that bad juju is gone. It's a fresh start. It's a new regime. This is the way we're going to be. This is the way America is. But what they sacrifice for that is culture. What they sacrifice is individualism. What they need to do is come together, be fucking patriotic. They need to be all about, this is America. This is what America means. And if you look at the ads from back in the day, it's like, drive a Ford. It's an American classic. If you don't drive this Ford, you're a fucking cunt. Like, <laughs> that's what they, <laughs> you communist bastard. Uh, it was all very uh, McCarthyist. There were hunting communists. There were, uh, there was loads of political witch hunts, people who were going against the national reg regimen. And um, yeah, this is the best time to be alive, apparently. Uh, but it was devoid of culture. It was pretty uh, recycling a lot of stuff. Uh, you had your Elvises, you had your Beatles, but sure, uh, they were just doing cover songs of black people's music. Um, they had, uh, oh yeah, so Howe talks about how the high brings a renaissance to community life. With the new civic order in place, people want to put the crisis behind them and feel content about what they have collectively achieved, like we got over the war. And also, look at all this stuff! Uh, you know, fucking white goods, fridges, microwaves, all these things that were being made. These modern conveniences that nobody fucking had. This is why in the 70s everyone was like, oh, you remember the 50s? Oh, like <laughs> all those fucking shows <laughs> were all like, the 50s was brilliant. Like um, any social issues that were left unresolved by the crisis were just left alone, right? So they couldn't get over everything. They just got over their economic uh, and political strifes, but stuff like like civic duty and uh, equality and racism and uh, you know f financial inequality in different parts of the country. It was kind of like ah well New York and California, let's go. Like it was you know uh, this is the high and this is what we have to look forward to in the next eight to fifteen years. This kind of thing starting again, right? 
But before that, <laughs> you know what's coming. So the next part, the next part is called the awakening. So this is the second turning in our seculum, according to how. Are we all, are we all on board? Is this cool? Are we is, it, is it weird for a Tuesday? Is it, is it all good? Okay. And then we just feel you're all like, yeah, go on, go on, yeah, go on, yeah, yeah. Because it's not many, it's not really like, there's not a lot of jokes. There's not a lot of like pop, pop, pop. I just want to get this out so we can talk about it after, right? So the awakening, this is a passionate era of spiritual upheaval where the civic order comes under attack from a new values regime. So this is a bunch of people who are like, yeah, I mean, everything's great and all. And like, we don't have to worry about having money and stuff and our education is quite good and we're all going to college and like everything's fine and we have loads of stuff and cars and clothes and stuff. But like racism, like they're, they're kind of, <laughs> they're kind of thinking like, yeah, everything's fine, but it's just not, it's just not perfect. Let's, let's, let's try and tweak a few things politically. Let's have a few well, protests. Let's, uh, let's hold back on the war, shall we? Just a little, just a little, little touch less war. Um, so the awakening is the yearning for personal autonomy after a full generation of uh, living up to the machine, uh, living inside the machine, and then blindly supporting this regime. So these people are pushing back against their parents who were like, America! Like, they were like, no, America, what does it stand for? Fuck that. We don't like that shit. You fucking blow a lot of people up. Uh, post the Korean War, so they'd seen all that shit happen. Um, they had cohorts dying in the Vietnam War, and they were like, yeah, listen, we've enough war. Like, fuck that shit. That's all, you know, and, and you had this uh, turn on, tune in, drop out. You had a bunch of people just fucking pulling the ejector seat from society and just being, nah, I'm not into it, man. Do you have a bucket of drink? That's awesome. I just heard, <laughs> just like, popping bottles. <laughs> like, I love it. It's fucking, <laughs> the conspiracy guy show. <laughs> yeah! Like an F1, F1 winner. Um, and these guys were doing all this stuff. This is actually like a protest at Capitol Hill. This is not January 6th, by the way. Um, because it's okay when they do it. <laughs> um, and there's, there's a disdain in this awakening period uh, for the, the previous regime, uh, and they saw it as culturally bereft. So this awakening crowd, uh, they're the young generation Xers. They're coming in and saying, we want to create our own culture. We're fed up of like glomming on to older cultures. We want to make our own thing. A lot of new stuff started cropping up. This is the 60s and 70s. Uh, into the early 80s. The next section, the unraveling. Well, <laughs> you're going to do what I say, no matter what. We're going to war. Uh, Reagan, we had um, George Bush Sr., the Iraq War, massive recession, morning in America. We had uh, a lot of protests and a lot of upheaval, politically, socially, financially. Um, Howe says it's a downcast era of strengthening, strengthening individualism and weakening institutions when the old civic order decays and a new value regime implants. So this is basically the work that was done by the awakening crowd starting to take where they're like, fuck the government. This is where the divisions, the binary divisions that we see today, the seeds of that was sown, Republicans versus Democrats, conservatives versus liberals. You know, pick, pick, your, pick your dichotomy, pick your enemy. There was also in this period, and I feel this is where the, the interdimensional, you know, blood, baby blood drinking paedophile narrative comes in. There was an awful lot of stuff where um, media, uh, celebrities, uh, like the, the media started to become more ubiquitous. There was a lot more channels being made, like cable TV started becoming uh, a, a household uh, commonplace. 
and there was a lot more interaction with the public on a more individualist level. So if you wanted to only watch your MTVs, that was what the kids watched. And to be honest, for their parents, it was like, what is, what is this fucking stuff? I don't even know. It's just fucking noise and like gunge and like people getting with green stuff going on them. And like, what is this? Like Pat, Pat Sharp in the Funhouse. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Funhouse, it's a whole lot of gunge. Kids covered in gunge. Why are all the kids so covered in gunge? Funhouse. Seems like, <laughs> seems like Jimmy Savile had something to do with that show. It's just like, now, if you could get a show. You cover the kids in guns. We <laughs> rats up my street. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. So, so the 80s had this, uh, had this media onslaught where people had this real individualized uh, uh, um, media consumption. They were able to watch their own channels. There was music channels. They, they, they split off like they had Channel 4 was the new channel that came out. It was for all the subversive, like cool, ar artistic things. And then, uh, you know, if you wanted to watch like EastEnders or Coronation Street or whatever, you watched it on the other side. Do you know that term? I've never heard that term in Ireland. They had that in England, it's like the other side, you know? Uh, so in the 80s, you had uh, a lot of zombie movies, a lot of dystopian um, fiction, a lot of stuff like uh, Robocop, Total Recall, uh, 1984, the movie, uh, Blade Runner, Escape from New York, uh, they live the running man a lot of these kind of like the end of the world stuff a lot of these you know um if we don't fix society as it is this is good excuse me this is going to be the uh the next wave of humanity we're predicting the future remember watching movies from the 80s and it's all like in 2022 the world has been destroyed by a nuclear explosion we fly we have flying cars and yet we have to fly those cars up to a payphone like in Blade Runner. Yeah, we didn't anticipate mobile phones. Still, <laughs> one of the seminal science fiction works of all time, but mobile phones, who would have thought it? Anyway, nuclear war, destruction. Um, so yeah, a lot, of, a lot of dystopian stuff, a lot of like, like I think fear-mongering, I think like uh, uh, predictive programming, if you're, if you're talking about you know, the most recent stuff, like uh, all these pandemic zombie movies, like the disease is out, the strain, and you know, the leftovers and all this shit, like everything is like, this is what's gonna happen, and when it happens, do you think you can survive in this situation? I bet you can't, you fucking useless cunt. Do you know? Like a lot of that shit is happening now. You're watching TV and you're like, she's like, you know, what would you do if that happened? I asked Claire, I was like, come here, we're watching something that I made her watch because it was like my turn to pick a movie, and she's like, go on. <laughs> come on, don't say that you don't do that shit. You're just like, do you wanna watch a movie? Yeah, what do you wanna watch? Uh, Angela's ashes, like some, <laughs> some weird, dark shit. Like, um, you guys do that too, right? Do you do you make your girlfriends watch dystopian science fiction and then try to tell them like, yeah, yeah, every time we watch film, <laughs> watch a fucking rom com, dude. Um, yeah, and I just keep going. Look, it's the same. It's just a story about people. They just use science fiction as the method to tell the story. Ah. <laughs> So, so we're, watching, we're watching some shit, and then I'd be like, come here, Claire, look, that, that's fucking end of the world. Like, he's like this, is, this is your man, uh, 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 what's his, from, from uh, uh, The Hobbit, uh, from The Office. The Hobbit and The Office. 
Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman, he's, he's, he's after getting bit by a zombie, he's going to turn into a zombie, but he has a child in a bag and he's back. And he has to get the child to somebody before, like, we just had a baby, and I was like, come on, this is my, you know, it's a fucking intersection of interest. The baby has to save the baby. He's going to turn into a zombie. He's afraid he'll eat the baby. He's have to give the baby to somebody. Let's watch it. And then I'd be like, come here, if that happened to you, if you got bit, you had to get the baby. And I'm holding the baby, she's asleep. And I was like, why do you have to get her safe somewhere? And Claire would just be like, no, I just die. I just, <laughs> I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even try. Like, for, like what's the, What's the point? Like, because once you survive one, th like, you have to keep surviving, and ah, fuck that. Like, that's, <laughs> that's her attitude to it. And I'm kind of like, yeah, I love to, in theory, I'd love to, but it's the same as getting into a fight in a bar. Somebody goes, like, what did you say? What the fuck did you say? What you said to me? Yeah, all right, all right, then, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. In your own head, you're like, yeah, I'd survive. You wouldn't, you're fuck. <laughs> I can't even make it down them steps without going, huh? Like, it's, I survive a fucking apocalypse. But there was so many apocalypse, like uh, predictive programming shits happening in the 80s. People were kind of like, yeah, I'm afraid of the future. Like, just new technology coming at the internet. Thinking of movies like Lawnmower Man and shit like that. People were fucking scared shitless of the internet because they thought it was going to take over their mind and their life. Do you know? Um, the division of society into two camps is what Howe particularly notes about this period. And this is when the seeds were sown. That we're living in now, we're living in that thing now. Uh, left, left versus right, uh, uh, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. Uh, I don't know. What, what, pick your, pick your poison. Um, the overarching, uh, overarching control structure still run by this boomer generation, at their peak power in this time, by the way, uh, and the new generation having grown up in the areas of, uh, of uh, societal criticism, they decide to subvert the norms and create their own splinter culture. And this is where we see all of this new music using new media to create new sounds like all the fucking and dressing weird and fucking going i don't know uh did you watch that there was a documentary about that club in london where boy george and all hung out and all this stuff uh, what's it called the blitz. the blitz club yeah and everybody was just like i don't know let's just look fucking mental <laughs> and call it we'll call it a style i found a lot of i found a lot of old victorian shit in my dead granny's attic and they're just gonna wait just like looking like a Looking like a fucking haunted doll or something like that. <laughs> Coming out in the night out. Um, the culture war is also happening this time uh, where there's a distrust of stalwart institutions like big time, the American government, the, the British government. We're talking about Thatcher times where people were out protesting to fuck. Uh, d d faith in the system is at an all-time low here, right? Um, society is split up by values, and in America, uh, Democrat, Republican. Here it was Labour, Tory. Uh, and then the, uh, in, in, um, in the book it says the last unravelling was the time of World War I, steeped in a time of radical reform, prohibition, moral chiding. You remember from the marijuana episode where the people weren't allowed to drink and people ended up drinking more and it was all about like getting rid of marijuana uh, because they could use hemp to make a lot of stuff. They could use the oil to power the, the, the cars and they were like, well, no, we want to have uh, monopoly over petrol so we'll put a lot of... Uh, petrol into the alcohol so you can't drink it and we make all the cars so that you, you have to fucking buy our petrol. Uh, moral chiding, propaganda towards conforming, but also the highest incidences of crime, uh, alcohol consumption and production, and for the first time, broken families from war, poverty and immigration. So like you had uh, uh, the family unit, like fathers were not coming home, you had a, a mother raising 12 kids for the first time you know, since the 80 years before, since the 19th century. Political corruption was at an all-time high in the last unravelling, which was 
uh, after World War One, and this was echoing that, and people could really feel it. They were like, "This, we've been through this before." There was people alive, able to able to see, like, "Look, this is not right, man." The House of Lords was full of ancient fucking crypt keeper motherfuckers who were like, quoting shit. I remember when I was a boy, <laughs> we had none of this new romantics and men dressing as women and this kind of shit going on like people people were uh, old enough to remember that shit and then we have the fourth turning this is the crisis period in Howe's paradigm a decisive era of secular upheaval when the value regime propels the replacement of the old civic order with a new one so this is it this is the fucking we're in the end of this cycle it started in 2008 it's been a, a, little, a little bit delayed by the presidency of Donald Trump, I think. People started to go back to make America great again. We had a little bit of a, an upheaval, revival. Um, in this time, Obama was the president, and he could have literally done anything. He had the support of the House and the Senate. He could have made laws to change all sorts of... And what did he do? Fuck all! He done, right? And... Uh, which obviously sowed more seeds of dissent and, and, and you know, uh, uh, d d division and f loss of faith in the system because they're like, we voted for you, motherfucker, like, you were all hope and change. And you fucking, we hoped you'd do something and you changed fuck all. Like, you didn't do anything, so why should we believe in you? Uh, 81 million people voted for Joe Biden, by the way. Bullshit. And uh, uh, social media started in this time as well, which gave everybody a singular voice. Again, from the wide 50s where everyone was on one message, one TV station, one radio station, to making your own media, making your own genres, the individualization of consumption, the compartmentalization of media, everything is like And now we're in this fucking one, one channel of the world per person. Everybody has their own subjective view of the world now, and uh, it's real hard to fucking communicate. Touch tips. Real hard. <laughs> this previous fourth turning was kicked off by a financial crash in 1929. Uh, it arguably forced the US into the war in Germany by faking Pearl Harbor so they could be like, oh, we need to make a few bob. <laughs> Any chance you could uh, throw a few planes over there uh, so we can come over and kick some, kick some Jerry's arse? And uh, the next fourth turning, which is happening right now, will obviously be interspersed with a war. So we have a lovely war to look forward to, you guys. Is this, this is, a, they're like, oh fuck, this is Tuesday night in Manchester. <laughs> like this is the thing, right? So the first, the, 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 ne the next first turning, which is coming, uh, will have all the people who've been creating art, who've been subverting society, who've been, you know, like, like think about who got famous in the last first turning, which is the late 40s and early 50s. They're people who are famous forever forever, like Elvis, right? Someone who comes along and goes, I'm gonna book the trend, I'm gonna create a new, uh, a new system. This old, remember like the first, the old first turning was like, whatever we didn't get done in the last one, let's just fucking, let's just leave it there and we'll go on into a whole brand new era. And here you go, Johnny, there's a hot dog. Come here, sweetheart. Like that's, that's what we're going into, this forgiveness, the washing away of the fucking sins of the last 10 years, societally, I mean. Um, the, the abdication of division, you know, everyone's just gonna go, listen, we've had enough, let's all fucking smile on your brother, everybody hold your hands and touch my dick. And it, you know, this, it's like, it's all fucking all good love. 
But like it, it's yeah. it, it's gonna be hard for the next like couple of years, maybe you know, four or five years, and then it's all fucking Goldilocks, man. But the people who are uh, famous now in this fourth turning, going into the next turning, are gonna be so famous forever and ever, amen, because that's the way that these turnings go. So the guys like Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, who are like the, the pinnacle representation of anti-establishment, they're the pinnacle of the pushback against this regime that we fi now find ourselves in. Like now, we're kind of living in that. Doesn't it feel a little bit like a remake of the 50s where everyone's like politically correct, sexually kind of like, there's a whole s subset of society that's massively sexually repressed, where another, <laughs> another side are practically deviant. Uh, you know, uh, you have um, censorship, you have uh, people who are getting cancelled, who are getting like McCarthy'd. Like he's a, he's a, hey, that guy's a red communist, get rid of him. Like you're, you're coming out with the wrong message according to the system. Like it feels kind of like the 50s now, right? So social media is a catalyst for this as well. Absolutely, there is a microphone, you can say that again for the people at home. <laughs> Sorry. I think it's working. I was just saying social media is a catalyst for this as well. And you also have companies like Cambridge Analytica mm. who are arm manipulating people. The problem is, is people don't actually see themselves being manipulated. So they're actually the ones that are easily manipulated because You've they're blind it, to, you said it, bro. to the catalyst that's actually happening. Yeah. And the thing with the internet is the fact that it's a massive driving force uh, for people and it's like putting your political gender out there as well, which I think to a lot of people, they should kind of take a step back. I mean, like when I message on Twitter, a lot of people kind of direct me straight to left and start posting stuff about Keir Starmer and yeah. sort of like belittling me. Yeah, and I'm just there like I'm trying to just have a debate with you. And But for some reason, they just turn it into this like pol massive political thing, even when it's nothing to do with political anything political agenda and again that's where you it's get absolutely the, insane we get the term identity politics because it's a it's a myopic view of a broad political topic that they have internalized and subjectivized into their own personality made a load of friends who were in that group in that cohort and all that they talk about that all the time so even if they wanted to fucking extricate themselves from it or even if they wanted to change their mind they can't have meaningful conversations with their cohorts because they're seen as the enemy or they're seen as like letting the side down this division is fucking very uh, uh like staunchly built in to society and into the um interactions between people yeah, massively. massively and that's just, this is the the interactions between the generations so you have generation zedders who are talking to millennials and the millennials are like here's my uh, here's the way we see the world i feel the millennials are a lot more staunchly uh set their heels are, are dug in over these political issues and they're absolutely un unflinching and unyielding and then the Generation Z crowd are, I think, a lot more malleable. They're a lot more forgiven. They're a lot more um, open and a little bit more conservative, to be honest, online. They're, wi they're willing to listen, at least, to uh, political opinions that they don't hold as their own, but they'll engage with it. Whereas millennials are like, no, you're cancelled, get out of here. Right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I also feel as well what a lot of people don't even realise either, because they, they, you all use in technology and none of you understand it at all. Well, and not that we don't understand well, it, but we don't understand yeah. the far reaching Yeah, exactly. It's not like you look at an app and yeah. understand how the algorithm works, yes. so you understand how you're being manipulated. Do you know what I mean? It's not like you'd go on the internet and follow a bunch of political people to actually confuse the algorithm, and then it just sends you shit. 
what, what's all mental, you're doing is what's just... mental to me is that Snowden came out in 2011 that's 10 years ago and told us all this shit was happening and then we went oh yeah yeah alright then well that yeah <laughs> exactly really yeah, yeah. yeah. we didn't cover our computer screens there's pictures of all of us wanking somewhere on a fucking computer someplace just like thousands and thousands you know when the, uh, uh, Anton Dick Saturday Night Takeaway and they put all the fair and just loads it's like it's just like are we going to pick tonight? Who's who, who's wanking? Come on, let's go. That's not Jamaican. But anyway, listen. Yeah, no worries. I'll, uh, I'll stop because I'll end up in a deep dive with you. Yeah, we will. We'll chat, we'll chat about it after. But it's it's this thing. It's this thing of this interest inter uh, interaction between the generations that I'm that I'm talking about here. The generations that are being handed a shit hand. The millennials are the ones that are next going to be in power. We're blaming the boomers, and the generation X couldn't give a fuck because they're disaffected. Uh, there are certain sets. These are the, the, the table of moods. And I go through who these are. The nomad, the hero, the artist, and the prophet. Uh, they're the different generations. The boomer, the Xer, the millennial, and the generation Z. And this is how the society ends up uh, breaking down in those periods. So in the first, in the first turning, uh, the nomads are the generation Z from the time, from the last turning. In our turning, the Generation Z are the silent generation. They're the ones who were kids during World War II, who couldn't fight, who felt ineffectual, they couldn't do anything. And then they grew up to be the silent generation. They were the ones that didn't really affect society in any way. Um, and uh, second turning, we have the hero generation, which are the millennials of the time. They're the GA, they're the ones who fought in the war. They're the ones who then inherit the keys of the kingdom. They make all the rules uh, in the 50s and into the 60s. And in the 60s, the artist, which is the uh, millennial of their time, they're the ones who are like, Third turning, let's uh, paint our faces and go out to the Blitz Club. And then the fourth turning, the kids are Generation Z, the boomers are in charge, and uh, it cycles on and on and on. It's, it's crazy when you go back over the different uh, seculum for the last, say, five. It's textbook. It's literally a textbook he released in 97. Um, so, that's okay. <laughs> I, I, I guess I could read that, but uh, 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 yeah, we have a break. So, so uh, for just a couple of minutes, like, what do you think about that? Was a lot of fucking information, right? We're going to go into the four archetypes when you come back, and we we'll talk a little bit about who you are, who you feel you are, where you are in society, where society heading, what can we do to make it? You know, let's have a little fucking uh, uh, was a market research. Uh, <laughs> kicks my ideas around, save the world, guys. Um, uh, anybody have any thoughts on what happened there in the last like twenty five minutes? Are you all melted? It's quite warm. <laughs> you just want to get out and piss and you just like, yeah, let me out of here? Or does anyone want to? It's American. Go ahead. Everything you mentioned was American. It's from an American perspective. It, 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 it's not it, from the British Isles. It's not from Africa. It's, it's relevant, but from in an Africa. In this particular seculum, yeah. because America is the dominant culture. Yeah. But if you're in Africa, it's not. In Africa, they, they, they actually in the book, they do a whole study. In their first book from 91 called Generations, they do a whole global um, uh, analysis, right? But there's not such a strict culture or a strict uh, structure in African yeah. cultures because there's so many countries, there's so many different traditional um, tribal... But tribal divided up by European armies, European sure. royalties. Yeah. Like for those guys, they don't see it as a boom and bust cultural economy. They they, don't. they see it as the systematic removal of resources from their their nation. You know. And yeah. So they're they're 
uh, almost, I don't want to say a victim, but they're a, a byproduct of the dominant culture, which is the American culture, which is booming and busting and mm. imperialism. If you it's, look at like, go, go back like four secular where the, the European uh, imperialists, like the Dutch, who get away with a lot, the Belgians get away with an awful lot. Then Cunts got away with fucking whatever, chocolate and IPA and <laughs> nobody says anything about them and the motherfuckers chopping their fucking hands off in the Congo and shit like that, right? <laughs> you know, that was King Leopold, yeah. And um, can we say that? I like to... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. It's so hoppy. It's hops. It tastes like hops. The Belgian white beer. Um, tastes like oppression. Um... <laughs> So yeah, in Africa, it's hard to take like those. Obviously, this is not a, a, a you know a, a, an analysis of African culture because it's not like they're a dominant culture. They're not imposing their fucking culture on everybody. They're not coming in and going buy my stuff. They're not the ones that are making brands that go all over the world. But I tell you what, there's, I I, I would guess I would guess a couple at least a few hundred, uh, of in Africa, fucking McDonald's restaurants. Do you know what I mean? Like in places yeah. in places, lads, can we? You're being way louder than you think you are. Hey, um. <laughs> Hey, wait, 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 look, you're good looking, but you don't get away with it that much, right? Uh, so, like, there's fucking McDonald's in Africa. Like, there's people wearing Nike runners and are, are fucking Yeezys. And there's lads, like, making hip-hop. Like, uh, American culture permeates everywhere. And their boom is all our boom, but their bust is also our bust. It goes back to Sakulums, also go back into um, English history as well, like War of the Roses and stuff like that. It matches. This is just particularly talking about America because we only have a so short period of time. And so the next one will be Chinese or American potentially. Well, I mean, who's? Are we going to fight a war against China? We probably won't win that one. Uh, don't think so. There's a, there's a lot of them. Um, if it's just a numbers game, but I do get what you're saying. And also, I had a that's a very good comment, and I also got a comment uh, on Sunday night saying, "Is it not just like uh, this stuff just keeps on happening? It's just it's just cycling anyway." I was like, "It is." But these guys have put this framework on it that's helped me to understand through my you know historical knowledge and it's given me a little bit of hope over the next couple of years that like these turnings are happening it's not just an endless p parade of shit <laughs> happening there is going to be an end to it and it might end in war but like i'm not i'm not fucking going to war <laughs> it's like on oh, me foot on oh, me eye oh like i'm not fucking going no i'm gonna shoot no cunt but like I'd be there at the end of it going, hello, welcome to those Conspiracy Guys podcast, wherever you're listening on this fucking wind-up radio in the wasteland. My name is Gordo. <laughs> like, that's what's that, that, like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's my gambit. Um, anyone else have anything to say? Do you feel it? What are you feeling? Yes, madam. They're passing all the way back. Good man, you're, you're, I'll, I'll pay you at the end. <laughs> Give you a stipend. And join in. Feel like you're going to join in. We're going to talk in the second half. I'm going to get you guys, like, I was giving a lot of this. I think... Uh, uh, I think it, it, you've made a good case for the 20th, or they've made a good case for the 20th century. The problem for me is when you go back further, because basically a lot of mad shit's happened in history. Mm -hmm. And so if you say, well, where's the unraveling in the 19th century? Yeah. You know, oh, is it the American Civil War? Is it the 1840s in Britain? Is it the 1820s? Because they were all bad. <laughs> they were yeah, all but, horrible. Sure, but, I don't but, want to live in any of them. When you when you look at it back from now, it's all like fucking arms for the poor, sir. Like a fucking, you know. But a, I think I think Jim If you look at if you look at political events that sort of made a lasting change, so the eighteen forties uh -huh. was pretty dramatic decade in Britain yeah. for lasting 
change that we, you know we're still living with but so was the 1820s and i think it's quite easy to to look back and say well i need it to be 80 years before so the 1840s must be more important than the 1820s and so i think it's what do how do we identify those unravelings from the past you know because we didn't live it's easy to do it now because we're living live through it. it yeah if you didn't live through it this maybe thing, so maybe it was pretty chilled so living you, through I, it. I, I, I'd be honest with you, I, I'm not as off a with uh, uh, 18th and 17th century English history as I should be standing in a place in Manchester talking about history. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, know, I know an awful lot about American history and I can give you examples from that, but uh, you're looking at the cycle in which is 80 years and then these 20-year chunks and then if you apply the, the generational characteristics and the turning characteristics and how they interact with each other, the 1780s till the 1800s, the 1800s to the 1820s, 1820s to 40s and 40s to 60s, if you look at those four chunks individually, what changed or how did those generations interact so with one another? Back to the, it's back to the interaction and the exactly. generations rather than the individual. Like for me, if I think back to like 1820, 1840, 1860, kind of all feels the same. There's a couple of big bits that happen to break it up. But like if you really dig into it and the lads do in the book and in, in other um, reading materials, like it all matches for Western society. Again, not oh, non Africa. Well, this is the thing, but it's still done on the saculum of 80 years, which is like, I got the black lung. I'm going to want to sit my grandkids around for my 29th birthday. <laughs> Tell them all I know <laughs> about shovels. Um, but, but I, I do get what you're saying. Um, I'm going to do a big deep dive episode about this and I will go into English and I will go into American uh, history in a, a more uh, specific way and not live on stage while I'm sweating in a very hot room with a lot of people. Uh, so, so do we want to have a little break? We take, we take seven or eight minutes and we go and do a wee or maybe ten minutes, get a drink and uh, come back uh, at like 25 past, let's say. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by our fantastic sponsor, Factor. Factor is a delicious, easy-to-prepare, ready-to-eat meal service and takes all the messing out of making nutritious and tasty meals at home. Forget about the shopping for those hard-to-find ingredients and weirdly specific vegetables. I'm looking at you, Wombok, some weird Chinese cabbage. And instead, get these chef-crafted, great-tasting meals delivered right to your door with over 35 meals a week to choose from. Thanks to Factor for supporting the show. What are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Head to factormeals.com slash TCG50 and use the code TCG50 to get 50% off. I already have all my meals picked out for, <laughs> for what Factor is available outside the US, like the Gorgonzola Butter Filet Mignon with a brown butter Yukon mash and broccolini and mushrooms. <laughs> Excuse me, I just had to wipe myself but for you lucky Americans, you can get them now. These meals are ready to eat in just two minutes and are dietitian approved, so you can be sure you're getting quality and flavour, as well as your choice of more than 35 recipes. With no prep, no mess, and a flexible ordering plan, Factor is the perfect solution for sustaining yourself. Because, as well as full meals, there are snacks, breakfast foods, smoothies, and more for a full fridge of fancy Factor fare. So head to factormeals.com slash TCG50 and use code TCG50 to get 50% off. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? 
Is everybody in? Then we can begin. Riders on the storm. Did y'all have a nice break? I'm still fucking figuring out this Greg's belly man. I was in London and there was, uh, I went to Pret and I got a, I got, because we don't have any of this shit, you see, I'm, I'm a sucker for, uh, I'm a sucker for, uh, you know, unique fast foods. Uh, oh, I haven't tried that chocolate bar. Yep. I go on holidays to Europe and I'm all like, oh, this is a food, I, it's like, let's cabres, fingers, like, or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I just tried them all, I was like, oh, same as at home. And uh, just, just feeling that, feeling that it's like a food holiday, like, so I saw all the things that I can't have at home. I'm not having too many Greg's, man, and... Uh, <clears throat> There's none in London. Went into Pret and got a, got a little ham and cheese looking croissant and it was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Came to Greg's, it's like, you're eating off now, mate. <laughs> <laughs> cheese and onion. Uh, I'm working on it. Uh, so, yeah, I had a nice break. Everybody uh, got a bit of a mind wash, got a bit of fresh air. That was a pretty heavy first half. So go crack at the start. And then it was like, burr, 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 burr. I could feel like, <laughs> I could feel the temperature rising and the people were like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's Wednesday tomorrow. <laughs> Fucking breaking the week up. Um, but yeah, what did you think about that? Like that, as a, as a hypothesis that that could be a thing that the way the world works. This is brilliant, lads. Thanks very much for fixing the microphone. It feels feels a lot more comfortable. Thank you. Um, uh, how, how do you feel about that as a system that w in the, in which the world may work? It sounds it sounds pretty. Oh, there she goes now. <sighs> Go on. I love the lads are shouting like it's a football match. Go on, love! <laughs> Back at net. Hi. Hiya. Um, I was you're just... You're right. You're right. I don't actually sound like that. No, I was just doing it for Manchester. <laughs> oh, thank you. Translating. Oh, you're from Scott Fibberty uh, Fee. Yes, I'm from Dundee. Dundee. Yeah. Hey, nice. <laughs> <laughs> Can I go? Oh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> like so I wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't like Rolodex and Dundee jokes or something like that. Dundee, Dundee, so Dundee, Dundee cake, Crocodile Dundee. It wasn't. <laughs> wasn't too, come on. So, kind of reviewing what you had to say, mm -hmm. the thing that makes it work for now is the technology we have. So your man over there says about social media and how you know integral that's been mm -hmm. to this cycle. So how have they been able to divide and conquer and split us up without that? technology being able to feed us that information creating those little worlds that we seem to find ourselves in now i love the way you say the world world <laughs> these <Aww>. little worlds <laughs> it's like a small creature um these little worlds that they made in the say the 20s then the last fourth turning uh, think about the advancements in technology like you got print and press you got a uh, you know like punch newspaper you got uh, x-ray x-ray read all about it like it was a, a full-on news a blast where they were able to Im implement propaganda that would be in the hands of every person, every every man and woman in the in the country. That was the the way of it. In the eighteen sixties, they did the same thing, but they were doing it with leaflets. They were doing with, uh, you know, like uh, Lincoln Lincoln's men have a you know against the, uh, the the forces of the South and blah blah blah. Like it's the the technology at the time, whatever is there to be able to communicate with people, they'll use that to its fullest extent, and uh, invariably ends up being propagandist in its construct. Um, 
So now, because it's so individualized, I think that the crisis in this fourth turning section is way more personal for all of us. So it's not a universal crisis. Uh, it is, but it's, it's not a, a, as universal a crisis as the ones before where it has to be a giant big thing, the, the fucking Nazis and the, and the thing with the Jews and whatever. Uh, that was like a global thing. Whereas I think nowadays we can all uh, compartmentalize and kind of disassociate from global catastrophes you know we can go on the news and it's like a tsunami, a tsunami has killed 140,000 people in in indonesia and we're all like indonesia yeah, where the fuck is that like i don't <laughs> i don't care about that like it's you know I yeah you care <laughs> <laughs> just showing off for his missus um, so like do you think um the technology has like accelerated it or is it still running at the same time I think I, what I'm saying is I don't think it needs such an overt and such a massive, huge global crisis like a world war or oncoming Nazism. Like the thing that sparked off the war, the the the, the Lebensraum moving, the Czechoslovakia, the invasion of Poland, all that stuff that made the British go, duh, 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 duh. and then the Americans were like, oh, hold me back, hold me back. And then they saw like how much shit was going on. They're like, oh man, we could make a fucking shitload of money out of this. Uh, Pearl Harbor. Like that was a global crisis, right? We have a global crisis now in the pandemic, but societally, culturally, I think uh, we can disassociate ourselves from it. We're a lot more uh, individually focused. We're a lot more like introspective, a lot more personally focused. So we have our own little bubbles of reality individually. If we don't want to see something, I, I'm sure it's very easy for us to, to, to turn away. Uh, but then if they want us to see something, they'll find they'll be able to find a way to get that into your eyeballs in exactly the flavor and shape and color and exactly the right tone and whatever, just to make it go right into the fucking back of your head. Like, it's even more effective, but it's less overt. It's, uh, uh, it's got more of an impact, but it's less loud, less big, less obvious. So I think social media... And computer and having your own, like I said, I've said it before on some shows, like, isn't it a weird thing, right? That all of us sitting in this room right now, we're all kind of engaged in each other. I'm, I'm loving you. You're tolerating me, like, liking me, liking me, loving, loving me, like, loving you. Oh, right? So there's an interaction between us all. We're all focused on what's happening right now. Nobody's like on their phone or, you know. And yet, for all of us, there's an avatar of ourselves that's out there living online, like a, like a, that movie with Bruce Willis, Surrogates, you know that shit? Where like he's a broken body sitting in a kind of a pod and then he has like a robot man like walking around outside and uh, people are able to interact with us asynchronously to the way we are. They can send us messages, they can look back at our histories, they don't have to come up and go, hey man, where were you in uh, the summer 17? They can just be like at night time just creeping on your fucking, on your holiday to Crete going, mm, nice bikini, like this kind of thing. And you don't have to be like, hey, I wore a bikini on my holidays in Crete. Do you want to see a picture? They're like, I don't want you to know that I'm looking at this. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, there's, a, there's a whole avatar of ourselves living out online, interacting with people separate from us, right? So like, how, is that being how is that affecting us? when we, There's a whole load of... Uh, it's, running up a <laughs> it's running up a clock of miles, social miles. And then when we finally decide to step into that avatar, it's like, <laughs> like we get blasted with all this information that's been... Um, this is creaking suspiciously, I hope. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> too much, Greg's. Uh, stay on this one, she says, thank you. Uh, 
It's like the, it's like an Indiana Jones. It's just like Jehovah, Jehovah. That's the one. Uh, Jehovah that's spelled with a J. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's like it's like this individualized uh, profile that we have. Not only are we interacting with each other's ones asynchronously, but but it's out there to be inspected by the algorithm or whatever. When we're asleep, they're checking it out. Going, what do they interact with today? What argument? that they respond to on Twitter. If they're responding, that's what we want. We want them to respond. Let's give them more of that thing. Do you know? I, I, I think so. But I mean, for them, again, is the thing. I don't think, and I'm pushing away from, here's one. I'll drop this on you and I won't continue with it. I don't think there's aliens. <laughs> this is the thing, yeah. Did a project, did a project, <laughs> Did a, did a Project Bluebeam episode, and uh, I don't think there's actually like creepy crawly grey aliens. I think there might be interdimensional beings, things that we call jinn or demons or whatever that live in a, a higher dimension that inhabit the same space but live on a different plane. And we are the embodiments of those singular individualized spirits experience in time uh, as a linear subjectivity. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, like. <laughs> Uh, th those kind of concepts, when you're thinking about when you're thinking about how we're all affected in that way by um, the narrative of the world or how the world is supposed to be, we're being shown this version of the world, and if we accept it, that's the way it is. If we don't, if we push back, we get a uh, an awakening. Uh, if we follow on from the awakening and we do and we continue to not accept it, we end up with uh, a crisis, which we're in now, where we're pushing back and going, look at this. It can't go on like this. We don't like it. Um, but for the most part, we're kind of passive. I think all of us, maybe some people <laughs> here are uh, uh, excluded, a lot of us are kind of just like, kind of passively accepting reality at the moment. There's nothing any of us can really do. There's a kind of a despondency, a social malaise, uh, a feeling of helplessness. And that's kind of part of the cycle. And I thought it was a, a thing that they were doing to us like an alien race, le leading from underground, you know, like fucking commanding our leaders. But uh, like, I don't think it is. I think it's probably one of the most natural cycles there can be. And it's happened again and again and again. It's taken away from my hunting for the enemy to point fingers at. And it's able to make me focus more on looking at patterns in history to be able to not predict the future, but at least anticipate something happening. I think a lot of the conspiracy theorists are looking for the evil overlord to defeat because that's the hero's journey. That's our, that's a narrative that we've been sold in every movie and every book. We're told, you know, like, you know, uh, Jesus versus the devil and fucking David versus Goliath and all of these dark versus light and all of this kind of stuff. We're told that there's something to be defeated, which puts us as people into that paradigm of dichotomy where we're like well it's us versus them it's me versus the world it's joe versus the volcano very good tom hanks movie it's one of these things where we feel that there's an enemy oppressing and suppressing us when if we're all honest with ourselves and me very much included the person who's stopping you from being your best self is kind of yourself and that's that's a really hard thing to fucking it's really hard to look inwardly and that spiritual journey that a lot of people are looking for spiritual fulfillment and looking for, it's very hard to, have I? No. 
but but a lot of people do and then when they come out of it they're all like come here did you, did you ever know about that that's what that is and they're like yeah it's fine and they live a great life the machine elves come and tell you <laughs> everything everything's fine but but this is the thing so like i haven't done any psychedelics but i can understand the concept of it and i mean maybe at some point in the future when i'm a little bit more balanced and a little bit more centered i'd be able to take it and not fucking freak out and and you know <laughs> yeah well it's one of these things where like i want to i want to change how i'm thinking about it because the way i'm thinking about it and the way i have been thinking about it for the last eight years and the last four years professionally like like i don't i don't and i say it sometimes online i say it in the discord sometimes like i don't know if you guys know right like i feel like i am the show and the show is me i feel like that every thing that i consume everything that goes in my eyeballs and earballs is being turned into content and sometimes that's really like it jades me because um i feel like i'm commodifying my existence for a podcast and then <laughs> and i'm being you know remunerated for it and i'm getting it's my job and it's fine but when you are your job and your job is you it's hard to separate and find that find that break for your own self like i want to fucking start drawing i want to start painting i want to start doing a bit of sport and losing the fucking greg belly like i want to you know do all these things and i find that i end up having no time and if i'm really honest with myself and I have a little think and i go it's not you don't you don't find time you make time do you know what I mean? Like Jim Arson said, you're trading your trading your hours for a handful of dimes. Like you can make the the, the you can make the choice to work and get the money or to live your life. And sometimes you might need the money to live your life, but these are the these are the the, the work life balance, the ebb and flow. Like uh, I, I, everything that goes into my brain is turning into information, is turning into uh, content, right? And sometimes I have to make that conscious effort to not do that. And I think me as a professional like per, like person who makes content personal content creator that's fine because i'm getting remunerated for it's my job imagine being like a fucking 19 year old girl and uh <laughs> and feeling obliged kind of in society to be accepted with your cohorts and to kind of be noticed and get your social capital and to be able to get like a reaction from your peers and to be able to i don't know fe oh, feel justified and feel uh, validated and feel like real and seen and and that it, not everything you're doing is for nothing we're, we're like every other person since the beginning of time has ever done but now you feel like you're obliged to participate in this uh, performative existence and social media has done that and it's making everybody think i'm only doing this for this it's taking you away from the experience of now which fuels this system so that happens all the time uh, i feel that it's not a day it's not somebody imposing this on us maybe it's the facebook's and the zuckerberg's and the fucking you know the the, the water sipping lizard child fuckers could be that <laughs> could be that where they're going like how can we get people to stay on the site more to be honest that's just a uh like a product of, ca of, of neoliberalist ca infinite profit and capitalism. Like that's their, like how do we get people to stay on the site? We make more money from ad revenue. You know, make a nefariously scientifically designed fucking uh, algorithm to keep them on as long as possible. But it turns into the negative aspects we all feel from it. But we're only feeling it now because it's the first time it's happened in history, becoming so ind individualized. A lot of the time people won't look inward 
uh, they'll look outward. They'll look for uh, uh, someone to blame, someone to lay the lay the, the lay their sorrows at the at the at the feet of these people. Like they they, they don't want Hitler used the Jews. Do you know? Uh, there's a lot of people that are like uh, a lot of men feeling disenfranchised, and they're all like, "Oh, these fucking feminists." And there's a lot of people who are, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people of color. They're like, "All oh, these fucking white people." And there's a lot of these, uh, a lot of these um, enemy creation paradigms that are happening at the moment. Like all the all the people who are vaccinated, they're like, "Well, we wanted to fucking if, if you unvaccinated, can't you just get vaccinated? We go back to normal." I'm like, "No, you won't. Like, you don't." Do you know, uh, people are looking to blame other people. And it's a tale as old as time. And it's a natural human compulsion because we don't want to feel to blame ourselves. And that's why these cycles keep happening because it's a natural thing. We don't want to engage with that inner shittiness. So we point it outward and go to war and fucking, you know, subjugate different races and different religions and different, you know, because we just don't want to fucking have a good sit down and have a talk with ourselves. <laughs> it's fucking hard, you know. And social media has massively exacerbated that. It lit a, a match to a tinderbox that was, that was uh, like, you know, did you ever see a baby with a fucking mobile phone? Did you ever see a baby with a mobile phone? And the motherfucker's like, right? It's like in the lizard brain, it just knows like colors and the thing and the movement. Like the phone is designed to fucking ping off that thing inside here. Like the, the the most primal part of your human brain, like to go like, oh yeah, yeah, like you fucking love it. And ba- like even small babies, they can't even talk, and they're all like taking selfies and shit. They're like, I love looking at myself. Like these things are all identified by Palo Alto scientists to go. How do we keep these motherfuckers on the chain forever? And that is where the nefarious part is. And I think conspiracy theorists kind of extrapolate that capitalistic nefari- nefariousness out into there's a global al- oligarchy that are trying to do it and I'm trying to pull away from that I'm trying to go let's make it more practical let's make it more manageable let's make it more understandable it's us <laughs> we're, we're we're the ones doing it now obviously uh, you know anthropogenic uh, global global warming and climate change is not real uh, this kind of stuff but but we're being blamed for it because like whoosh, like Oh yeah, we you know we're bu- the world is burning. It's like no, it's on cycles. It doesn't cycle. It's the natural thing, but but you're looking for reasons to blame other people for the things that are going wrong. You're looking for like why is California on fire? Why was it on fire in the seventies? Why was it on fire in the thirties? It's always on fucking fire. The fucking place is made of the fucking fire. It's in the desert. It shouldn't be there. <laughs> Do you know? Uh, but they don't. They don't. They don't want to look at that. They want to blame somebody instead of going. Why the fuck do we build a massive city? In the middle of a place that goes on fire every 40 years. Do you know? Uh, you, you had something to say there. Sorry about that. I just went a bit mental there. <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> Thank you. It's a little bit of my heart went out there. Hi. It's the grapes. Um, yeah, how are you? What's your yeah, name? Yeah, my name's Amal. Hey, Amal. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, I was just wondering. Um, yeah. So, like, the archetypal model for um, generations going and looking back in history... Mm-hmm as sort of like a relatively rigid framework of how to view history through a lens of cycles um, is, I, I guess, useful in some aspects. But do you think... Thanks, that was really passive-aggressive. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> It wasn't supposed to be. Uh, what you've been doing for the last 90 minutes has been adequate. <laughs> it totally wasn't supposed Acceptable. to be. Acceptable. Um, <laughs> I posit this theory. 
Go ahead, Amal. I'm only buzzing. Um, I was just I was just wondering whether whether there could be very much an element of like um, confirmation bias within within oh, looking looking back through. One hundred percent. I'm looking for an answer, son. That's what I'm looking for. Like we're all looking for answers. This is a really good excuse <laughs> for all this shit happening. It's better than like, oh, them Jews come over from Europe and they fucking poisoned all the American colleges, and now we have fucking uh, gay Superman or something like that. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, that, that's not a productive argument. This seems a lot more acceptable. And I had that question yesterday as well. Is it not just like the cycles? It just happens as it, as it happens. And this is just an excuse to, to, to uh, explain it away. Uh, very much so. And, and Strauss and Howe wrote this in 1997. The fact that it's written in 1997, the fact that it has like loads of historical, like really well-made and accurate, not African, but accurate American and English uh, uh, context behind it, like really well-constructed arguments. I'm only just talking out shite. I didn't write the book, obviously. But I'm, I'm, I'm gifting the concept to you to go and do your own thing, and I'll do a deep dive on it as well on the show. But I think confirmation bias, yeah, of course. But when you're doing a thesis for, for uh, you know, a, a degree or something, <laughs> yeah, you have to have a, a, a bias. And then you make your thesis and you argue that bias and it's either accepted or rejected. So like to have an opinion is to have a bias. So this is what that is. Is that okay, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, cool, man. <laughs> Very quick. <laughs> Way quicker, it's like 90 words. Um, so yeah, these four archetypes, real, real quick. We got the boomers. They're the prophets. <laughs> cool boomers, man. Eric Foreman, don't forget. These are conformists, people who are loyal as a fault. They trusted the system and they fought to protect it, right? This is the crowd that laid the groundwork and they're the ones that are in charge, always in the cycle for the, for the next crisis. Generation X, these are called the nomads. Uh, they're the forgotten generation. They were raised by TV, they were left to their own devices. They abhor the system. They don't want to be their parents' kids. They want to make new things and want to change the world. They grow up with faraway wars like uh, Korea and Vietnam. They didn't really experience very much hardship because their parents lived through a period of economic boom. So they didn't really have anything to complain about, but yet they felt kind of ennui, a little bit sad. Uh, the first wave of broken homes, apart from war-torn homes, these were like the, the, the first waves of like 1980s divorces and two Christmases and all this kind of stuff. Um, and they traditionally, uh, 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 traditionally it's hard for them to find success because of systematic distrust and a lack of strong connections to public life and the fact that their parents you know it's always that trope in the in in the movies where like the dad is like the ceo and he's trying to get that layabout you know son to come in and just put on the suit and tie and conform and he's like no you do, come on want to be a musician or something like that you know <laughs> then you got the millennials <laughs> uh, <laughs> these are the the uh, delightfully abhorred hero archetype these are the ones who will be in charge traditionally these are the ones who are in charge during the next Seculum. They have a strict value system. They abhor injustice, which we can see. They have more respect for the system than their parents did, and they try to reconform. So this is what we see now in the system where people are like political correctness. We got to have justice. We got to have equity. We got to have you know all these systems of uh, uh, of uh, rebalancing and redressing uh, inequality and all this kind of stuff. No matter what, inequality, Uber Alice, like this kind of thing, you know. <laughs> and I uh, don't know why I keep saying German stuff. And uh, <laughs> this seems to fit, I guess, with this thing. They're traditionally risk averse 
uh, and achievement oriented. Like a lot of millennials, if you find in the last, like think about all your friends, are they buying big cars? Are they buying big houses? Are they buying like fancy uh, show-offy clothes? Are they, uh, <laughs> the, the lads are laughing, are you buying show-offy clothes? Why's his girlfriend does. <laughs> All right, right. That, that, came, that fucking came in waves, didn't it? It's like, <laughs> oh, his girlfriend does. For him. Doesn't he look nice? You do look nice. And, you sm and I smelled you on the way up the stairs. You, were seeing you smell delicious. Perfect. A very successful smell. Very s very <laughs> doesn't he, though? Doesn't he smell lovely? Huh? No, it's not piss. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, the toilet. Um, who's knocking? What's that knocking? Put the mic down. Oh, right. Christ almighty. <laughs> I'm still over there going, I think you might be wrong there. <laughs> Insufficient argument. Um, so, yeah, like if you find a lot of millennials that you know, they're all about virtue. They're all about uh, actualization, like feeling like they mean something. They want meaning. They want to have impact rather than cash. They're like, well, we can't get cash, so we might as well have impact. We can't buy a house, so we might as well make the house that we live in look really nice, even though it's like uh, like kind of a weird shithole and uh, <laughs> we'll buy loads of secondhand vintage stuff and we won't like conform and buy like really expensive clothes. We'll go to the vintage shop and we'll try and like upcycle some old pants into a hat or something like that where it's just like they want they, they have no control because they don't have the money to be able to buy the things that they really want so then they go well i didn't really want that anyway so i'm just going to buy some old shit and turn it into some new shit and say that it's cool and if anyone says that's wrong i'll cancel you like it's this there is a whole a whole kind of uh, uh there's a whole uh, element of that generation right is that true yeah, yeah. yeah. do you feel that or is anyone Anyone <laughs> I was talking right to you, yeah. She's like, yeah, 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 it's me. I'm loads of shits. Your house is full of shits. Can't stop buying shits. Got nine cats. They just keep coming, I don't know. Um, anyone disagree? Do you think that there's lots of... Because see, see, what I found in the last maybe five or six years, this fucking hustle culture thing came around, right? The Gary Vaynerchuks and the fucking 20 hours of work a day, bro. That's what you got to do to succeed. And everyone's like, yeah, let's do it. And doing loads of fucking bag and fucking <laughs> work and loads. And like, crypto, bro, you got to get crypto. You know, and I find it, I find it the kind, a, little bit, a little bit silly, uh, but understandable. Because like, how else the fuck are you going to get a Lambo? How else are you going to be able to afford a house uh, in a, a global housing crisis? Um, what was it? 600,000 homes are about to foreclose in the US in the next maybe six weeks. 600,000 rented homes. There was a, a rent moratorium. I don't know if you know about this. Rent moratorium at the start of the pandemic and they were supposed to sign something in August to continue it on into next year. And they didn't. And now all of the landlords are like, well, uh, we're going to have to pay our mortgages, and if you can't pay the rent for the last 80 months, get out. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of people. It's going to be... Like, like yeah, Blackwater and... Uh, yeah. But they're buying up the houses in anticipation because the landlords are like, well, I'm owed two years rent, which is two years of the mortgage. Uh, I'm going to pre-sell the house to you so that I don't get stung and get foreclosed on. Uh, so they're anticipating this kind of thing. Um, yeah, so it's been going since August. Like, that's what we're facing in the barrel of. Like, there's a lot of those huge, big financial um, ravines that are about to kick off in the next four to six months, you know? Um, 
Anyway, mill millennials, we, we'll move on a little bit then. Uh, in older age, millennials tend to have a spiritual awakening when they see the younger generations work through problems they couldn't manage. Um, then we have Generation Z, digital natives. These are the kids known as the artists in the how paradigm. Uh, they're also risk averse and raised by overprotective parents. These ones will grow up into being the silent generation, the ones who are too young to affect change during the, the current crisis. Loads of 10 year olds who are just like, the world is burning and there's nothing I can do. Oh, I don't know, Greta Thunberg or something like that. <laughs> See her dancing and giving it loads of, never gonna give you up, never gonna give you up, I'm never gonna give you up, I'm Swedish. Uh, she doesn't know the words, she just knows that part. Uh, they're too young to affect change during a crisis, so they feel a little bit disaffected. They're going to end up in really shit terms in the next 10 years because uh, they're going to have this overwhelming guilt of not being able to do anything. And we can see this in past iterations of this generation, like the silent generation who grew up in the 50s and just consumed and conformed, consumed and conformed. Um, so the fourth turning particularly, right? Previous four turnings have been World War II in 1945. We also had the Civil War and the Revolutionary War in America. Sorry, not Africa. Uh, but I, I guess we can, we can come back to that. Uh, one, I think somebody said, is, that, is, this not just, um, is that not just confirmation bias or is this something that happened before someone talked about it? Oh, I think it was this lady asked about uh, um, the last seculum. So the last one, uh, 1860 to... Uh, 1860, thereabouts, the Civil War seculum, the one before that, the Revolutionary seculum, the Glorious Revolution was 1675, 1704. That's the New World one where you're uh, basically creating a, uh, the, the, the pilgrims going over to America and claiming all the thing and fucking Tom Cruise running with a flag going, I love you, come on, let's go have a baby. <laughs> in the worst Irish accent ever. Um, the Armada Crisis, the Reformation seculum, and then the War of the Roses, which is the, 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 Tudor, the Tudor War or whatever. Um, they're all 80 years, and it all fits perfectly into this Strauss and Howe uh, uh, system. Now, we'll do this little bit, and then we'll have a few questions and have a bit of crack. So, Strauss and Howe, this is, this is a melter, right? Strauss and Howe predicted, in 1987 his book came out, that somewhere around 2005, there would be a fourth turning that begins. Here are the specific prophecies from the book, and then we'll have a chat. Beset by a financial... Uh, here we go. This is the quote. Beset by a fiscal crisis, a state lays claim to his residence's federal tax monies. California. Declaring this an act of secession, the president obtains a federal injunction. The governor refuses to back down. Federal marshals enforce the court order. Similar tax rebellions spring up in other states. Texas, Oregon. Treasury bill auctions are suspended. Militia violence breaks out. Cyber terrorism destroys IRS databases. That fucking shit is happening already. There's massive, uh, like the Irish health system was hacked. Did you know about that? They hacked it. There's some 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 old one was looking at pictures of of fucking uh, uh, Burt Reynolds on Facebook or something. I said, "Oh, I love his mustache," and she clicked on the wrong fucking thing, and the whole Irish health system got ransomware. <laughs> And it went back to pen and paper. I swear to God, went back to pen and paper. There was lads running in going, have a blood test here from Tipperary. <laughs> <laughs> Took me two hours to drive here to Dublin. <laughs> swear to God, that was happening. <laughs> Ireland went and fucking screeched the brakes and the whole health system. Just imagine happening in the NHS. The whole, everything went. Oh, in the Northwest? Crazy. But that's happening now, what? 
right? So 97, these motherfuckers said, this is, this is going to start happening. Whether it be real or be fake, it's happening, yeah. right? Did they sell you a house paid off like they did ours for fair parking? Did you just get a pop-up? Uh, yeah, but that happened a little while ago. Oh. A little while ago. Um, okay, second prediction. A global terrorist group blows up an aircraft and announces it possesses portable nuclear weapons. The United States and its allies launch a preemptive strike. The terrorists threaten to retaliate against an American city. Congress declares war and authorizes unlimited house-to-house -house searches. Opponents, <laughs> opponents charge that the president concocted the emergency for political purposes. A nationwide strike is declared. Foreign capital flees the U.S. I mean, can you see that happening with Biden? I can. That's totally possible. A, little, a, little, a couple of Iranian lads come in and they're just like, well, <sighs> this is what you get. Um, another one, an impasse over the federal budget reaches a stalemate. The President and Congress both refuse to back down, triggering a near total government shutdown. The President declares emergency powers. Congress rescinds his authority. Dollar and bond prices plummet. The President threatens to stop Social Security checks. Congress refuses to raise the debt ceiling. Default looms. Wall Street panics. That's what's happening in the last five weeks. That exact scenario. 97, this book was written. Here's a, here's a fucking clip banger. You ready for this one? <laughs> ready for this one? It's a, it's a fucking bean pinger. 97. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention announced the spread of a new communicable virus. The disease reaches densely populated areas, killing some. Congress enacts mandatory quarantine measures. The President orders the National Guard to throw prophylactic cordons around unsafe neighbourhoods. Mayors resist. Urban gangs battle suburban militias. Calls mount for the President to declare martial law. 97. 97. This, these are, the, these are the, the steps towards the, the end of the, the fourth turning. And then um, right after that section he goes, but you know what? Uh, it's highly unlikely that any of these scenarios will actually happen. <laughs> and like, all of them have happened in the last like two years. Like, it's fucking crazy, man. You should definitely uh, have a go at a book. It's, it's bananas. Um, I think that's the end of, of the presentation. Well, I do want to have the crack, and I want to I get out early enough to take photos with people who need to get home on trains and buses and stuff like that. And um, so yeah, that's kind of the end of the, uh, the presentation for um, the fourth turning. Let's turn it over to you. What do you want to talk about? Let's ask some questions. Let's uh, have some chats for approximately uh, maybe 15 minutes, something like that, and uh, we can pack up. We can have a little drink, and then we can have a chat and do pictures and handshakes and, and chat outside. I don't want to keep you all too late, and I know some people want to leave and I don't want to have people leaving and not being able to say goodbye, like happened in other shows. So uh, who has the microphone? All right, good man. <coughs> who, wants to, who wants to have chats? Do you want to talk about what we just talked about? Do you want to talk about something completely random? Four dimensional fucking simulation theory? Four dimensional simulation theory. What about it? <laughs> Carlos, isn't it? Yeah, well, right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll, me, we'll, do, uh, we'll do the short version. Go on ahead. Four let dimension. me preface this by saying it's a Tuesday night. I've had a few drinks. But <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not usually the most spiritual of sorts. But have you ever had one of those dreams that sticks with you? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I just get up and wash the sheets. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> he set me up for that. That was really good. <laughs> Easy peasy. What was your dream, Carlos? Go on. It's nothing more entertaining than hearing somebody else's dream. Well. <laughs> Again, 15 minutes. 
No, no, okay. So, listen, again, Tuesday night, had a few drinks, okay? But you ever had a dream where you feel like you're fucking, you've crossed a little bit of a line? Maybe there's someone there from your past? Maybe someone who's passed away. Okay, and there's someone there. <laughs> okay, let's say we, we have no dream ghosts. We haven't been taking lots of drugs, but dream ghosts. <laughs> ever, if, you, if you ever had a dream ghost, it feels real. It feels. You can if you've it. ever had a dream ghost, <laughs> had a dream come true. <laughs> so my theory is this: somewhere deep inside the human mind, perhaps, perchance, there might be somewhere where we're able to access some other, I don't know, some fourth-dimensional, say, spooky ghost oh, terrain. Oh, I absolutely don't doubt it. Yeah, I absolutely right. don't doubt it. Your Do you ever? You that? Your pineal gland. Phil. Yeah, the pants are a bit tight. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's not my fault. I'll show you this fucking thing. Did you ever see this fucking thing? Where's my mouse gone? Come here, mouse. Uh, I do absolutely believe in that. I believe that uh, you know we're all fingers of the one hand, and we have uh, uh, we're, we're living in a in a uh, experience of something a third dimension when really we're all energy confined into a human form. Some a little bit larger than others, but uh, you know we're we're uh, growing time for the extra-dimensional uh, beings, which is why I don't believe in like physical aliens anymore coming along and probing cows and kind of taking you and doing experiments on you. I think that's all uh, uh, nefarious government organizations uh, continuing on Nazi scientific experiments. And uh, the, the upcoming Project Bluebeam episode, I talk about that at length, and it's a pretty uh, convincing case, to be honest. <laughs> but I think that uh, these extra-dimensional beings are, uh, are us, and, and not us at the same time, that we're only able to have this one part experience itself linearly, and, uh, but we do end up with connections. Like, do you, ever, do you ever be doing something and you get into the flow state, like in the movie Soul, and you're all like, oh, I'm playing the piano and being black or whatever, and, uh, <laughs> and you feel like you're in another dimension and there's something else giving you the fucking fuel. Like, I've said it a few times on the show, sometimes I go into that thing, man, and I'm in the podcast, and it's like, and I feel like, and Jimmy Hendrix used to talk about it when he was playing, you go like this, and you ever see him and he does this thing, and he's like, he's almost like calling down the fucking, the juice from the other dimension, and it comes out, it comes out, and he's playing. Like, I feel sometimes that I'm saying stuff. Like, at the start, when we started up at the second time, when I was going, blah, 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 like Michael Scott, when he's, <laughs> when he's going like, sometimes I just start a sentence, and I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> it's like, for any reason whatsoever, to anyone, forever, for any reason, and and I feel like the fucking universe sometimes is like, like, putting stuff in my brain and it comes out of my mouth. I fully believe it, but also, there is proof. And there's a there's a uh, 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 how do I get this now? Scary dream man. <laughs> Mustache. Oh shit, it's me. Yeah. There's a uh, apparently this guy. <laughs> That people see, and he goes, he goes into people's dreams the whole time, yeah, and people see him. Yeah, scary, scary mustache, mustache dream man. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, I have to take mustache out because it's got weird in the search there. <laughs> yeah, that's him there. Yeah, that's him there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever see this cunt? Oh, where did that go? Oh, come up now. Did you ever see this motherfucker? Did you ever see this guy? Apparently, apparently people, apparently people all over. Ever dreamed this man? You wouldn't steal a car. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> you ever seen this man? Apparently, this man appears in people's in people's dreams, and he's an extra dimensional being, like a Freddy Freddy Krueger type character, and he lives in the collective unconscious. But he's a he's a, a being outside of time, and he looks exactly like that guy. No, I'm only messing. Did you ever dream that guy? Have you dreamed him? Once or twice, give me that fucking microphone, Carlos. <laughs> what did he do to you? What did he say? I bet you he sounds Greek or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you have a dream? Ever have a dream? So, um, yeah, he asked me to uh, hold his hand. Did he uh, fuck? <laughs> it, it are you only fucking with me now, are you for reals? He took me on a journey. Are you, no, are you fucking with me now, are you for real? Honestly. Honestly, and where did he take it? Was, was his hand sticking out of the front of his pants, though? It, it, it's it, like, it, hold me by the hand, well, just by the finger. He had more than one. I'm, 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 I'm asking, like, what happened? I can't go there. You what? I can't go there. You can't go there? He, he asked me not to share it. Ah, you're full of shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted the microphone. This motherfucker apparently appears to thousands of people uh, in their dreams, and he, he gives them messages. He, and people claim that he may be uh, somebody who, who lives outside of the fourth-dimensional melting pot that we're all in. Do you know? Like, we're all part of the same thing. And we're all embodiments of the same spirit, living in separate bodies. And then there's like the, the fifth dimensional, like uh, 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 the, the mainframe that all the little spirits come out of and go back to. And he apparently lives outside of that system, but he lives in all of our subconscious dreams. And he's a fucking creepy looking cunt, isn't he? Microphone for this man. Yeah, so would you not look at it then? You had your chance. You could have. So, so before like where we are now we are then just a revolution and we all we're all like making money we're all about money we're all about oh we're back to that okay yeah, cool, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you look if you no look at more it, creepy dream man no but if you look at creepy if you look sorry at carlos <laughs> we were nearly there no but if you look at creepy dream, and then man, we're straight back in if you look at creepy dream man so every society every culture they've always had like we're really in touch with our, like ourselves as human beings really in touch with how we feel like which doctor doctors holistic medicine all that type of stuff and then when we're at the industrial revolution and it becomes more about money and it becomes more about where you might say that I'd say that they as like you're like we were talking about before on a break families in the 1800s who were worth 18 billion dollars are now yeah. worth 30 trillion dollars and that's just on that 18 it's grown since then before they started making billions on us we're giving us pills and controlling money and, and all that we might be in little tribes and we're living in the woods and if you get a headache you go and see some little old woman or a little old man who's a witch doctor for god yeah. no chew a plant maybe all this is just we've been driven so far away from what we probably should have been where if you're not that fast twitching brain when you're a hunter gatherer you get eaten by something and you die and then now life's so comfortable because we have devices we have easy access to everything for us you're saying that true true uh true like technological and societal advancements we've maybe lost our way yeah 100 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, things i think that's this things like this could be it could just be slipping just just it could even be a tiny little oh, sleep, whatever slipping back into it like 100 you know I mean? leave it 100 yeah. agree and i think over the last two thousand years which is where this how and strauss kind of theory makes the most sense anything past that you can't really measure it or quantify it or it's not as easily accessible and analyzable right uh we recorded an episode on the mystery of the pyramids and i tell you when it'll fucking blow your socks off right mm -hmm. so like <laughs> i think there's past and i taught it since i was a small child and i definitely taught it more since i started smoking fucking blocks of hash 
that like this is not the first time around we've all been here before and i think we've been in a much more advantageous and much more technologically advanced uh, like spiritual technology like natural technology more in tune with the world and i think that the creation of say stuff like the catholic church the, the council of nicaea the commodification of our natural spiritual um but like the natural spiritual draw that every human has to try and fill find what god is like find that part of themselves that's missing when really it's themselves as god like we're all one part of the thing or whatever and it, without making it into mass <laughs> and uh, that that we were a lot more in touch with that we were a lot more accepting of that that a lot of pagan and natural um processes a lot of you said like the, the have go to an old woman and you get a bit of herbs uh they still do that shit in india like ayurvedic medicine yeah, and yeah. chinese medicine traditional chinese medicine and stuff like that it's all still very very popular and very effective right but what was the best way to be able to make money off of people because everyone gets sick best way to make money off of people is to fucking outlaw the natural parts of it synthesize it artificially and then regulate and legalize it and then commodify and profit from it so like i'm going to do an episode on world war one with regard to it being a pharmaceutical war um creating like the f with the starting of the creating of antiseptics and uh um uh anti-inflammatories and that, like all of these first types of uh pharmaceutical drugs and then it ended up being so lucrative and so effective that um germany started producing all of these tablets and all of these <laughs> antibiotics and all of these different types of these different technologies that came in the late 19th century that they ended up going to war because the motherfuckers were making too much money and england and america were like look at them germans making all that money let's smash their pharmaceutical empire and take it over for ourselves see you boys thanks very much um so that that's uh, i i do think like we've lost something that we were in a natural state and now we're being pushed towards an unnatural state of separation disparateness uh you know individualization hyper individualization and uh it's not natural and that's maybe where we get that thing of the they because it's the corporations that are promoting that type of thing like the pharmaceutical corporations the the palo alto san francisco tech companies that are trying to divide us and make us feel individual and make us feel uh, singularly ineffective rather than knowing that we are all the same motherfucker experiencing ourselves subjectively <laughs> at different parts of time uh the mystery of the pyramids is so crazy that the fucking sphinx is forty-eight thousand years old if it's a day <laughs> the antediluvial fucking uh, erosion on the rocks at the side of the sphinx is is absolutely uh, uh, at least like forty thousand years old uh talking about the alignments of the stars the, the how the fucking pyramids man i can't wait to release that episode it's fucking chef's kiss it's so good it's so good but it totally proves like we were here we were doing that shit before the fucking sahara was a jungle and and the amount of rain that was falling in the rainforest to make that uh, um uh, alluvial erosion on the rocks of the sphinx and all that stuff and we were like yes yeah, four thousand five hundred and that's it and shut up have you seen with the pressure underneath it, with the, where the Nile used to be, and it, when a tide rises, it creates pressure underneath, creating static electricity. Static electricity yeah, and yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. pyramids of Giza, a power plant, and all of that stuff, all of that technology that Tesla rediscovered. <laughs> we talk about all that shit, and uh, yeah, it's a melter. Like absolutely, we were here before. Look at fucking, look at fucking Chech Chechen Itza. Look at fucking Teotihuacan. Look at look at uh, even like Newgrange in Ireland. Like the motherfuckers, that's like twelve thousand years old, and they were able to tell like astrological times when you're we're supposed to be fucking eating raw potatoes like apples and shit in our <laughs> pants it's like there's no way we forgot that stuff it was it was taken from us in these natural human cycles of growth and crisis 
which is a natural thing and it's totally fine to do and we all have to live through it and there's nothing we can do about it but we can just be ready for it like a bout of diarrhea just get it out of you <laughs> thanks very much anyone else have something to say we will finish up in a couple of minutes anybody you again maybe somebody maybe somebody new after this oh maybe no 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 you're good man but somebody new let's I was just going to say, do you believe in a society before society? So do you believe there was a was a massive techno technological advancement before there is now? Because obviously, like when you look at the first computers, you know they go back centuries. Yeah. So the, I'm just uh, wondering if the Antikythera mechanism. Do you ever see that thing? Uh, no, I haven't. The Antikythera mechanism. I just know that there's uh, they have like a, a machine that's like a, a computer. And they said they was way too advanced for the time that it was. Come on, internet. Ah, the fuck. If man. you want, we can we can have a chat afterwards. It's uh, it's no problem. I'm just showing you this now. You asked, so. Yes. Fuck's sake. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. That's that's an old yeah, machine that they found. About. Sorry, yes, yes. That's an old that's machine right. that they found. It's like fifteen thousand years old, and uh, apparently it's a, a calculating machine. It's a computer, and uh, it's like one of those old, you know, the things that they have with the. P with, oh, there you go now. Yeah. With the paper, you know the old computers, and they had the paper with the holes punched in it, and you run it through, and the little, the little uh, piano piano hooks will read the thing, and it has a series of bits and bytes and all that stuff. That fucking does that shit. This thing here, and they cleaned it up, and they made it. They made a new one, and they're able to do this calculations, and it, it was able to calculate the movement of the uh, the planets within the galaxy, with the galaxy within the or the planets within the solar system, and the solar system within the galaxy. 10 or 11,000 years before Galileo Galilei said that uh, the, the, the Earth was not the center of the solar system. Like, this shit was fucking found in the ground. And they pulled it up. So, of course, motherfuckers knew some shit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's something that I definitely agree with as well. I, I, I said this on the show before, maybe some people remember. Can you imagine in 10,000 years, if somebody found, like, a USB drive or what was left of it? And it looked like a little slate square. And you look at it and you go, fucking hell. That's a lovely, smooth rock. <laughs> but you wouldn't have the operating system, nor the I.O., nor the, you know, the, the, the electric you know, uh, uh, interface to be able to access what's on it. And it's, it's gigabytes and gigabytes and gigabytes of porn. <laughs> and they'll never, we'll never ever be able to see it. So you'll be walking on the beach and you're like, oh, look at that cool, very square rock that we could find today. And it'll be covered in, in fucking Atlantis porn. And you'd never, we never, we wouldn't be able, we don't have the, you know what I mean? So like, uh, I, I think, just that's things I think about sometimes. I have a dream sometimes, Carlos. Uh, so yeah, these are the things, like I absolutely think there was past uh, uh, civilizations. I absolutely think that we were way more advanced than we are now. And I think a lot more balanced and a lot more in tune with how the earth and how we work together. I think there was even more people at some stage uh, than there are now. I know it's nearly 8 billion, something like that now. Uh, the Earth is well able to take way more than that. We were saying earlier on to the two lads I was chatting, uh, did you know that every person in the whole world could fit and live comfortably in Texas alone? Like, in the size of Texas. <laughs> like, there's not that many of us. And they're telling us, this is another thing that fucking annoys the shit out of me, that we're being told, like, like Agent Smith, you are the virus. The way the world is is your problem. It's your fault, Morpheus. You st it stinks. You stink of it. Like this, this fucking thing where 
we're being told we're the fucking enemy, man. We're the one that's destroying the planet, and we're the one that's fucking everything up, and we're the one that's fucking up our kids because we let them on the screens too much, and we drink too much, and we watch too much telly, and we're not productive enough, and we're not artistic enough, and we're not expressive enough, or we're too expressive, and we don't work hard enough, and we don't do our jobs. We don't do our jobs right. You're in a job and you want to be in another one, but this is the only one you can have. You can buy a house. Can you afford a house? I don't know. You want to buy a car? You can't afford it. Like, all of these things that we're being pushed towards ends up distracting us from what we're really supposed to be doing. And in past civilizations, I think they didn't have those trappings. They didn't have those, uh, those manufactured problems. Like, we were all being told that we're the problem. Like, we are the problem. There's a shame and a guilt. Like, that's fucking coercive control. That's how, pe that's how, that's how husbands and wives, like, subjugate their, their spouses. That's fucking emotional abuse. And it's being done on a global scale where we're all feeling like every fucking bottle that we don't put in the recycling bin, we're fucking killing Gaia Earth Mother or whatever. And there's fucking tens of thousands of millions of carbon kilograms, uh, carbon dioxide kilograms being made by massive corporations that nobody's fucking talking about. We're like the fucking 0.02% of the carbon that humans are producing is the reason for global warming and we're being like fucking you shameful bastards like we're being made feel like we're ruining the world that's fucking abuse man that's psychological abuse and we're all just taking it because that's what abuse victims do it's like you can't really push back against it it's not for me man i'm not feeling that uh i do think that in past times we were a lot more balanced with the planet we're a lot more balanced with each other there was wars obviously uh I thought when I was a kid I learned about tectonic plates and I was like, that's why they can't find the old cities. Because the motherfuckers ate each other and turned into lava. And then I was told to shut up and get out. Uh, <laughs> but like, I, I feel it in, me, in my bones, in my heart, that um, it's shit right now. But there's proof and they got, there's history, there's historical proof that it, it doesn't go on forever. There's a short period of shittiness. And eventually... We're going to get into the best times there ever was for about 20 years. <laughs> where little Johnny's going to get a hot dog <laughs> and going to kiss my best girl. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, sub subjugate a whole race of people or whatever. Whatever they did in the 50s, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I feel like in the darkest of times, I, I feel with this system, and you're talking about confirmation bias. Uh, somebody said there, uh, 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 what was so who said that? You, yeah. Uh, what was your name? Anan? Amal. Amal, sorry. Amal said uh, it was confirmation bias. I was like, yeah, man, wouldn't I love to confirm the bias that everything's going to be fine? <laughs> what the best bias ever. Everything's going to be okay, you guys. We just have like, I don't know, a little war and then everything's going to be great. Like, don't worry about it. We've all played Call of Duty. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. And we'll go outside and have a little drink and a chat. I'll be outside until midnight. I'm in a hotel up the road. It's fine to hang out for another while. Uh, I'd like to thank you all for coming and sitting and listening and joining in. The people who join in, thanks to you guys and you guys and all you guys and Carlos with his mad dream shite. I love it. <laughs> and uh, I'll try and get the story of your man's holding hands with the fucking weird Greek dream man <laughs> outside. But look, thanks so much for coming out. It's been a pleasure to be in Manchester. Love your city. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah.